Fresh and exciting. Somebody with a sock personality that'll sweep people right off their feet. Where is he? What is he up to? What other terrors can he unleash at will? Calling your genial host, renowned writer, art collector, and teller of strange tales. What fiendish power did he possess? Where did he come from? Who is this man? Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Band Radio Network for a Monday. Talk radio the way our founders intended. America, as the country's leaders uh, barrel us towards World War III, our military has already dropped the GED and the high school diploma, and now you don't necessarily have to have legs. Day 1,114. He put the heat. Oh, no, he put the heat. He put the Eric in America. Say hello to Easy. What's up? Well, dyslexic today. Putting the heat in head. That is uh, Double H. Hey guys. We'll do Dark History Hour three as usual. Eric Matheny and uh, the uh, top of the final hour with your remarks from the app here and there. Three U.S. soldiers killed, dozens and dozens injured in a drone attack in Jordan near the Syrian border. Um. They've been under constant volley over there of drones and rockets and missiles. A hundred and I think 59 was the last number I checked. Different hits of attacks. Finally, they've killed and injured American um, military members. Uh, and, And it's been a bizarre response from the White House. This is KJP's odd remark. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three folks who are who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people. Obviously, more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls fighting on behalf of. This administration. Oh, and the American people, too. It's just, that's way more important. Yeah, not these service members, either. These yeah. folks. Milita- yeah, these military folks. Military folks. Uh, Kirby wasn't a whole lot more helpful. Here he's... Uh, where is he wanting to ask he's going to be? Oh. One of the most famous uh, pieces of video or photographs or in any president's, you know, presidency was the one, I believe, where 13 U.S. uh, military members were returned their their caskets from the uh, uh, awful Afghanistan exit. And he looked down at his watch, pulled his suit cuff up to what time is it? How long are we going to be here? He's asked if he's going to give the uh, these soldiers the same. Well, he's not asking that way, but here he. Uh, John, do you expect the president would go to Dover for the dignified transfer when these Americans are returned to the United States? 
I don't have anything on his schedule to speak to. Nothing on his schedule. Admiral, um, can you confirm, is the president currently actively considering potential attacks inside Iran? We are not looking for a war with Iran. We are not seeking a conflict with the regime uh, in a military way. Um, and as I said in the, in the opening, we're not, uh, we're not looking to escalate here. This attack over the weekend was escalatory. Make no mistake about it. And it requires a response. Make no mistake about that. I will not get ahead of the president's decision making. You're not saying either way whether striking inside Iran is or isn't. We are not looking for a war with Iran, MJ. I am not going to speak to the president's decision. Well, I'll tell you what. There are some people that are looking for a war. Uh, one of them is Lindsey Graham, who uh, <clears throat> he's a hawk and a half. Oh, he loves explosions. He loves men in uniform and explosions. We've got to hit him hard. I'm normally a power bottom, but I'm so mad right now. I feel like an aggressive, verbal, domestic power top. Mother and I are real upset. But, uh, Nikki Haley, too. Uh, she's not mincing any words, either. She just comes right out and, uh, and says, uh, yeah, we got to go to war. That mean in practice when you say Biden, you say Biden didn't do something. What was that something that he should have the been doing? The very first strike that hit, you punch and you punch back hard. What they should be doing is going after every ounce of production of those missiles. Wherever those missiles are, you take that out. You this keep doing, you take out the training sites. You go and you. But does that risk escalating a war? Does that mean striking Iran directly? It means striking the resources that are allowing them to hurt our troops. That's what you're. Which means yes. She can, ta- she can table it in any way she wants. It's not they're going after the... Your, but they're backed by Iran. Iran Absolutely. says that they're not declaring the shots, but Iran's training them. They're providing intelligence. They're providing weapons. And this goes there would be no Hamas without Iran, Hezbollah without Iran, or Houthis without Iran. But yes, you're going... Iran is a really big escalation. And you go first. after wherever those missiles are, the production where... Doesn't she really care? Doesn't sound like she really cares about an escalation. No, she really wants one. That's in her words. She doesn't even, they, hey, are you worried about what type of uh, ramifications and escalation? Oh, She's like, no, no, no. You hit them. You, you blow stuff up. Where it is in Iraq and Syria, you take that out. Wherever it is in Lebanon that they're doing that, you take that out. You go after the leaders making the decisions. It's not after Iran, the country. Oh. It's after the people who are making oh, these decisions. Okay. When Soleimani was, was assassinated. It sent a chill up their spine. They literally, it took their breath out. You have to be strategic. It's not starting war. It's actually preventing war. Ah, you see, massive strikes within Iran and wherever they make missiles. And I believe Lindsey Graham is on record saying, go hit their oil fields and their oil operations. Uh, And thanks to uh, President Biden, Iran is closer to a nuclear weapon they've ever been. Uh, retaliation. We will respond uh, in a time and a manner of our uh, of our choice. That's the tough talk. Hit him hard and hit him hit him hit Iran now and hit him hard. That's what he said. When the Biden administration says don't, the Iranians do. And that Biden administration's rhetoric is falling on deaf ears. Mm-mm-mm. 
Um, I don't know. It would if you were looking for a war. This would be a great way, you know, to get one going. Those three uh, poor dudes that are whoever service people are military members that were killed in the in the uh, thirty or so that were injured uh, could be enough to start a war. I mean, if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is an attack against uh, U.S. soldiers. Uh, so, yes, I mean, it could be a start of a war if we really wanted to go into it. Well, it is a, uh, one of those kamikaze drones. <clears throat> and then, you, you know, <clears throat> who is this guy? David Albright used to be a U.N. weapons guy. You remember, probably remember him around the Iraq war. Uh, this guy popped up a lot. And he uh, he was an inspector. He said, look, Iran is a rogue state. Could This could be led into thinking that building nuclear warheads is their best way out of this, um, that they uh, are close. So he claimed that Iran is five months away from building at least 12 nuclear warheads and believes it's important the U.S. sent a clear message by targeting the militants that were responsible for the killings, but he urged by by not to do anything directly on Iran. I mean, we, we, we've we seen <clears throat> this type of behavior. Um, nobody wants to start a war with Iran. I don't know. I don't think so. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't think. Maybe they do. I don't know. But there are countless enclaves of Houthis uh, and uh, these uh, in Yemen, in Syria, uh, that are hitting uh, our bases, our military. You, you, we've got to know where those missiles are coming from. Oh, we know where they're coming from. They're coming out of, out of Iran's hands. They they can trace them back to them. So the point is, uh, do you want to escalate this into a full-scale war? Or are they going to continue just lobbing stuff back and forth to each other? A war there would would benefit Russia. It would draw Russia and perhaps China in. It would be a, a hell of a mess. Uh, I don't know why we didn't shoot it down. Uh, you know why? Our, why we didn't detect it in time and blow it out of the sky? But uh, my understanding is we had a radar malfunction that it uh, presumed it was one of our own. Ugh, man. Uh, Sunday's attack, uh, administration sources say <clears throat> they justified sharing intelligence with U.S. with a U.S. enemy by citing a duty to warn. A duty to warn. This is a John Bolton piece he wrote in uh, the New York Post. He said, although... The journal story mentions exceptions to the policy. The administration sources were less than candid about it. Uh, starting in 2020, the FBI, pursuant to the policy, has been warning Bolton of Iran's efforts to assassinate him and other current and former American officials. He said, I'm, probably, I'm sure Tehran is pleased to know that President Biden nonetheless still has it, uh, has its best interests at heart. It's like he, sh- he, he's... Biden believes he should warn these people before he blows them up. But duty to warn. Okay. That's usually not how it works. No. And I don't think that family of 11 that he blew up in Afghanistan by mistake had any warning at all. They're all sitting around the TV watching some, watching some, you know, entertainment. Uh, 
The State Department shares threat-related information, both official and non-official Americans, especially important to our citizens that are living or traveling, traveling abroad. But United States law enforcement are, and agencies, intelligence agencies, were contemporaneously considering how to deal with information regarding American citizens facing specific terrorist threats. Uh Duty, uh, uh, the duty to warn has been around a while and it's been practiced, but it's never been practiced in the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, everybody, everybody wants to go to war. Lindsey Graham, we talked about him. Uh, John Cornyn, post uh, on X, target to run. Um, McConnell on the on the uh, floor said, "Playing whack a mole against warehouses and launch sites until Iran feels that its own interests in the IRGC officers across the region are threatened. Attacks on U.S. forces will continue." He's just basically saying, "You're going to bomb a warehouse over here. You're going to bomb a missile site over there, um, but it's not going to stop." Uh, I don't know. You think Biden would do it just to be a wartime president in an election year? Uh, I'm sure it's crossed their minds. Wow. Um, I mean, people are already kind of speculative about this administration's war power exercise, uh, uh, you know, just recently. Oh, well. Maybe China can play a role. I don't know. China, Israel defense ministers say that uh, they are not going to allow rebuilding of illegal outposts uh, by settlers inside the Gaza. You see that, that Mount Biden's administration is easing up or toughening their stance, saying they might use the weapons and the ammunition they're sending to Israel, slow those down and to urge them to, to slow down their role there. Because that's obviously none of this stuff was happening until Israel started to retaliate. For October 7th. And 159, you know, drone or missile uh, or whatever strikes later, we've, we've got three dead American soldiers. I don't know. I mean, if you was going to do it, now would be a better time to do it than until they, uh, five months from now when they have 12 warheads to blow pe- things up with, right? Yeah, it definitely make it more difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, here at home, uh, our own little invasion is still going on. Uh, remember our people like, hey, Biden doesn't have anything to do with this crisis. He didn't, uh, he didn't cause this. He has a lot to do with it. A matter, as a matter of fact, he pledged this very thing in the Democrat debates in 2019. Here's an example. I'll turn it down. What I would do as president is several more things, because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. That's the first thing he would do. Mm-hmm. A surge of the border. Well, damn it, he, he, he's kept a promise. <laughs> With those uh, 94 executive orders he signed right away, too. Yeah. Um, and, and if you remember, we've also kind of bent the rules or just changed the definition of what asylum means. 
in the old days, if you were, uh, the only way you could be in America and get asylum was like if you were traveling with the North Korean girls volleyball team and you wanted to defect here and you you managed to slip away your handlers at the hotel and you ran somewhere and someone got you, you could claim asylum while you were here because if you get sent back, you're going to be killed. There's no doubt about it. It's a reasonable uh, uh, thing to believe and we would grant you asylum. In the old days, you'd write an, an application of asylum from wherever the horrible place you live is and and describe why you need asylum uh, and, and it would happen that way. And so the the standard laws of asylum have never been hurry up and get her as fast as you can. We'll worry about asylum later. Here's the phone at 15 grand. Enjoy America. And this bill, <laughs> this bill, this what would Bi- that mean? Biden's border bill is we don't know what it is. It's largely well, we know the the chunks of it, and then the other part is uh, I'll I'll have power again. Well, it's never been taken away. The, the lie that continues on is that he doesn't have the ability to... He's the ultimate ability. Yes. He's the ultimate power for immigration in the United States. Article 4 of the, of the Constitution. Here's Ted Cruz on the... And have you even read this bill to be able to say that? So I haven't read the bill, and there's a reason. Nobody's read the bill. They won't actually give us the text. So the reason they won't give us the text, and the way it works in Washington, if you're hiding the text... It means it's even worse than people think it is. It means if people knew what was in it, they'd be even more upset. All they've given us is some general bullet points, but I'll tell you what they have done. One of those bullet points is this effectively normalizes 5,000 illegal immigrants a day. 5,000 a day, that works out to over 1.8 million illegal immigrants a year. That is utterly unacceptable. That's nearly 6 million illegal immigrants under Joe Biden. So apparently the Republican position is we'll take... Two-thirds of the border crisis. Look, the answer needs to be fix it and solve it, and we can do that. Trump or any Republican president willing to enforce the law doesn't need this bill to do that. They can go back. You reverse those three decisions Biden made. You build the wall, you end catch and release, and you reinstate uh, the Remain in Mexico agreement, and the numbers will plummet again, just like they did. They'll be at zero. Looks like they were before. Yeah, what it should be. Not 5,000, and maybe we'll reduce it down. Uh, 7,000 on some days. Right. If it's a Thursday and the weather's nice. I mean, no one has seen this bill, but we do know that little tidbit. That, and I don't know. That's probably the one thing I'd try to hide if I was trying to sneak that in a bill. And you can bet your ass that, it, uh, that this bill has uh, some money for Ukraine in it. We got to feed that animal in Ukraine. Uh, Johnson says it's practically DOA. Uh, you know, he Biden doesn't want to just. I mean, even if he wanted to sign, if he wanted to control the border, we know that he could put those three things, like Cruz says, back in place, finish the wall, uh, uh, put remain in Mexico back in place, and stop cash and release, just like it was the slowest year in forty five years in twenty nineteen, uh, uh, the way Trump had it. He doesn't want to do that. <clears throat> he wants legislation. He wants Congress to legislate. And, and and I thought that was what a brilliant thing about Trump's executive order. Because he knew if he asked Congress to legislate something like it, similar to it at the border, that there'd be some pork thrown in. There'd be some money for Ukraine or money for other oh, one Ukraine at the time. But it'd be money for something would be poured in there.
Um, but he make no mistake, he could he could do it with a stroke of a pen. The God's Army protest convoy headed through Texas. A convoy. I mean, truckers are they're just the backbone. Not only did they stop doing what they do, we'd all starve to death in a week or two. Uh, but they are like real, I mean, they're the everyday American. I think that they're relatively more informed than the average American because they spend a lot of time on the road and unless they got their dog uh, Pookie there to, to, to talk to or whatever, they listen to podcasts and radio and information. They, they're, you know, they're well informed, way more informed than the average American. And they, they're calling for on active retired law enforcement, military and veterans and elected officials other, uh, and other law-abiding freedom-loving Americans to join their cause. They want to shed the uh, dangers on the, the obvious dangers posed by a wide-open southern border. I, I, according to the convoy leaders, they are just trying to send a message to Biden. I don't know if they're going down there to line their trucks up in a row to stop people from crossing. Um, but they're on the way. Uh 25 governors, blah, blah, blah. blah. Oh, yeah. The convoy, uh, you can raise money for them at Give, Send, Go. Look for God's Army. They've raised $66,000. I guess that's for fuel or, you know, those burgers they get at the yeah, truck snacks. stops. Yeah, snacks on the way. Um, <clears throat> all right. When we get back, <clears throat> the, the, the articles of impeachment against uh, Mayorkas are, are out. And I'll read you some of the obvious reasons on there. And... Ben Shapiro, conservative commentator Ben Shapiro, has the number one rap song in America. I'm not kidding. We'll play it next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Every year across America, a staggering 4.2 million youth are homeless or trafficked. Covenant House is the national leader providing safe housing for youth 50 years strong. Help us fight youth homelessness. Go to covenanthouse.org. Uh, the articles for impeachment of Mallorcas will be the second cabinet, cabinet secretary in history to be impeached. Of course, you remember uh, uh, Secretary of War William Belknap, 1876. Who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, the articles accuse him of willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law and the breach of public trust. I can't, I, you know, it, it seems like a willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law. Uh, the, uh, it reads, the secretary is utterly unfit for the office he holds. He's neglected to fulfill his oath to secure the homeland and comply with the laws of the United States. The secretary has intentionally opened the borders, sending a clear message worldwide that entering this country illegally means release into the interior with little or no chance of removal, and the world has responded accordingly. It's um, and and then DHS says, "Oh, that's a bunch of malarkey, unconstitutional, evidence-free impeachment." Where's the evidence? Their numbers are the evidence. It's a farce of an impeachment, a distraction from other vital national. I mean, what? How many three hundred terror watch list people have been arrested, encountered, apprehended there? How many have got? How many were in the Godaways? Yeah, there's so much to it. There are times, though, I wonder. 
do some of these guys have uh you know, blackmail on the Biden administration or something like that. I mean, wouldn't it seem easier for, for the Biden administration to like uh, Secretary of Defense Austin to say, dude, you you went AWOL for a week with nobody knowing you're fired. We'll get a new one. Right. It's not going to change that much. Or Mayorkas, you've done a terrible job. To, we're going to get some brownie points by firing you and bringing someone else to do the job. It seemed... I don't know, maybe because I saw that Trump did that all the time, like that was his thing was... Uh, what, to get rid of people? Yeah, get rid of people when they well, were performing. Well, Biden has yet to get, to get rid of anybody. That's why. Is there something... I don't get it. Uh, what they have on him. I'm sure, think we, I'm sure what we think we, uh, we know that's going on with the Biden family, they knew what's going on with the Biden family. I don't know. Maybe one of them's going to turn, but who knows? Like I said, it just would have been easier for them a long time to go, you know what, Myocris has done a terrible job, you're right. Uh, we're going to earn some uh, approval points by getting rid of him and bringing someone else it's in. It's so ridiculous. It's like, like if you had, if, if Myocris was standing there with the head of a uh, of uh, his wife hanging from her hair, blood, bloody, blood just dripping, and they said, we suspect you killed your wife, you're out of your mind. Where's Where the evidence? You, where's your evidence? You have no evidence at all. The my wife is alive and well, quite well, as a matter of fact. I, we just made sweet, passionate love. Um, uh, I want to play this guy. If Trump is reelected, uh, Tom Horman. You remember Tom Horman, his uh, former uh, DHS guy. <clears throat> Uh, big, almost bald-headed dude, big head, looks like he's just mad at you all the time, and you don't want to cross him because he would kill you with his bare hands. Here's what he has to say. I'll make you this promise, Griff. President Trump's coming back, and when he comes back, I'm coming back, and under his leadership, we're going to run the, the, the most historic, the largest deportation operation this country's ever seen, because if the people aren't deported, the 90% get order removal. If they're not deported, then the system means nothing. Then you have to shut down the immigration courts, too. So I, my, a message to the, uh, the millions they're releasing, don't get too comfortable, because the Trump administration will come and look for you. 90-something percent... 96% of these people with asylum, uh, or 90% of them with the asylum requests will be actually, will not be granted asylum. And of that number, 96%, uh, will be, will, should be deported. And you think of what 96% of eight, 10, eight or nine million is. And it's going to be a nightmare, not only, uh, physically and, and, you know, logically or logistically, but it's also going to be a PR nightmare for Trump. Yes, because in the end, there will be uh, there'll be mistakes. Uh, there'll be a lot of uh, be a lot stupid of- mistakes that are going to happen where somebody, uh, uh, you know, Juan Valdez, there's six of them, and they, one of them's going supposed to go back, and they grab the wrong one. Right, or one one of the, his brother. Uh, Manuel is on the wrong, but on a different bus, and it goes to a different town, and they're separated from the family. Um, but this, and I think, I think they know that. I think they realize that. Uh, that's a, that's kind of a side <clears throat> Benny of this whole operation. A, you get constituents into districts. You know what that means? When we go to do the census and 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 to dole out congressional seats, um, and and you know. In districts, you it doesn't go by citizens; it goes by heads, people, bodies. <clears throat> we heard that New York City 
woman. Uh, uh, legislators say, oh, I want more people in my district because that means I need I need more. You know, she wants more of the, these. That's a nice side bit of it. And then when that happens, more Democrats are elected to the state offices and more Democrats are elected. It's, uh, you know, to higher offices. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. He's going to be a trial. It'll be a Senate trial if he's impeached. Um, and th- this will. The one thing they, they, I think they need to do this right away. It'll be questionable if it gets past the Senate. It'll definitely get uh, through the House, I think. Um, but it is going to shine a spotlight on the border for this election. Yeah, it's definitely doing that. Uh, and then we'll, uh, if. Trump is elected. It'll be flip black around the other way. We'll go back to seeing all the kids in cages and uh, yeah. uh, all people getting ripped from their family and returned back to Mexico, even though their entire family is going to be joining them real soon. And Right. Uh, you know, I think that's they're counting on that. Should they lose in the 2024, they have just heaped a giant suitcase of misery on Trump's PR campaign. Uh, on the other hand, it'll show that we're you know, a lot of Americans will like that. We'd like to see a, a president that's strong on immigration, on illegal immigration. <clears throat> you heard me right. Ben Shapiro has the number one rap song in America right now. And it's along with Tom McDonald. And it's right now on the charts. It's number one. Number one on iTunes, number one. I mean... And I'm gonna play it for you. This is just his his part of it, right? It's a longer. I, I heard the longer one. Yeah, Tom, Tom. It's really Tom McDonald's song featuring Ben Shapiro. So right. Tom does all the his normal vocals. He's a very accomplished rapper and all that. And then it goes and gives Ben's got his little section there. You, we've all heard Ben Shapiro enough to know that that guy talks extremely fast, but you can understand every single thing he says because his diction is so absolutely perfect. Yeah, which I love about this. Shapiro clip is that he's the only guy maybe ever that's rapping that sounds like an AI rapping using Ben Shapiro's voice. Right, but it's really him. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. Let's look at the stats. I've got the facts. My money like Lizzo. My pockets are fat. Homie, I'm epic. Don't be a whack. Dog, it's a yarmulke. Homie, no cap. Look at the graphs. Look at my charts. You're blowing money on strippers and cars. You go into prison. I'm on television. Dogs, no one knows who you are. Keep hating on me on the internet. My comment section all woke Karen's. And I make racks off compound interest. Y'all live with your parents. Nikki, take some notes. I just did this for fun. All my people download this. Let's get a billboard number one. This ain't rap. This ain't money. Cars and clothes. You get the idea. Well, Nikki did. Nikki Minaj, he was referring to there. The song is called Facts. It's with Tom McDonald. Number one spot on U.S. iTunes chart. She said, I just listened to Ben Shapiro. Not bad. She said in her ex post. Congrats on number one. But it def sounds like Roman's Revenge when the beat first came in, IDK, referencing one of her other songs. I think you got just the, you know, people are going to be so freaked out that Ben Shapiro's participating in a rap song. Yeah. Right? I think that's the big part of it. <sighs> I wonder if you can get older conservative people to listen to rap. If it was, like, you know, you get a Ben Shapiro's got a couple of songs. You'd have to work with um, someone that, with talent that, that could put the songs together. And, you know, you get uh, uh, someone like Glenn Beck to rap or... Um, 
You know what I mean? <laughs> or Alex Jones. He'd be a great rap. <clears throat> Just write some songs. Maybe people would be, you know, jamming to it in the, because that's what rap is, is so popular. Uh, uh, it speaks to people that, that, in, that listen to it. Yeah, check it out. You can find it anywhere. It's really, uh, it's kind of funny. Mark Cuban. Man, I love it when Mark Cuban <clears throat> gets uh, facts in his face. So, as of late, Mark Cuban has been like the biggest DEI fan on earth. Right? Oh, except when it comes to his uh, basketball team. Yeah. He's literally out stumping online for DEI in some tweets. Uh, some guy was replying to him. Uh, <clears throat> I believe in colorblind meritocracy. This means uh, this means I'm against forms of hiring which undercut merit, including forms of hiring which cut out merited individuals over the group associations over the group associations. <clears throat> so it came from this. Let me get to the uh, the. Uh, Video of his, is this is his CEO of his basketball of the corporation, I believe, uh, or the medical company, one of the others. Where is she? Uh, and uh, because I know the business case for diversity, and you have to have a diverse group of people around the table uh, if you really want to be as successful as you can be. And so, so we took that on. So we laid out that vision, laid out a set of values, and then I had one on one with all the employees, and then made some leadership changes. And wow. so now we have almost fifty percent women in leadership, and 47% people of color. Um, Mark Cuban said, I've never hired anyone based exclusively on race, gender, or religion. I only hire ever hire the person that will put my business in the best position. And, and yes, race and gender can be part of the equation. I view diversity as competitive advantage. And then someone happened to be tuning in. It was the EEOC chairman, Andrea R. Lucas, who I guess follows him, caught his uh, his tweet and responded, EEO commissioner here. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're dead wrong on black letter Title Seven law. As a general rule, sex, race can't even be a motivating factor, nor a plus factor, tiebreaker, or tipping point. It's important employers understand the ground rules here. We've been touting that for a while. DEI has is actually 100% illegal. Right. No point, a, at a hiring practice. There's no point where you can go to an HR, the HR office can go, okay, uh, we need to do some hiring, and I've got some charts. The charts say we need to hire five black guys, uh, four Latino women, and right. if we can get a uh, like a non-binary in here, we'll all get bonuses. It's... It's... You, you can't... I mean, these are the... Which is weird because these are the rules that have been in place for a long time and championed by the left, I think, more than anything else. Uh, I'm not saying they're wrong. I think, you know, they, they're they the laws we've been living with for a long time in terms of EEOC and hiring. And, and this should illustrate how damaging and how awful... DEI is because it runs afoul of laws that were put in place a while ago to protect from the very thing that you know they are trying to do. Every one of them. Yeah, but it it's hiring the other people now. They're, I mean, they're it, fine with it that it, way. It, well, the law's not fine with it. 
I mean, you want to get a visit from the EEOC and come down and look at your files? I mean, it can't even be a motivating factor or a plus factor or a tiebreaker. You got two people that are completely, that's, that illustrates it all right there. You got two people completely qualified, perfectly qualified, the exact same level, except one's black. So we better hire him because that's the, that's the right thing to do. Boom. You broke the law. Uh, well, they should every, uh, the EOCC or EOCC should have a guy at every business that says that they have a DEI office and walk through them and like, okay, uh, you're, I see here you're paying someone $250,000 a year for your DEI program. I'd like to take a look in your hiring practices lately. DEI is illegal. It, it, when it comes to hiring people, I'm, I'm sure many other situations, but when it comes to a, a company hiring people, a DEI program or office or it's, it's all illegal. I mean, it's, it's pretty blatant. He got schooled. Um, uh, he's been, you know, out just proselytizing crusade for this equity thing. Uh, and it's okay when you're discriminating against white men, right? Not a problem there. And that so, so supposedly makes your business better. It doesn't anyway. That's what Mark Cuban says. It, it doesn't. There's there's no proof that it has improved in anything in any way. He says, I view diversity as a competitive advantage. Now, you've weaponized diversity. So you know what he means? He means that if it came down to it, <clears throat> he could win a fight but uh, uh, in a who's more diverse war. <laughs> That's all he wants to do. That's his competitive advantage. He could go against another couple. Well, they're not very diverse. <laughs> you see our DEI uh, standards. So, uh, you know, we're at our quota right there. This guy's got two white dudes on his board of directors. So yeah. explain it, that. There is zero uh, math or any statistics into it uh, that has looked at all these Fortune 500 companies and looked to see which, which ones put the most into their DEI right. and which ones are the most profitable because they're not even on the same level. Uh, good, buddy. <clears throat> well, you know, getting your car stolen or broken into, I guess in certain big cities, we're told that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, out in the uh, Bay Area, a crime is rampant, as you know. Um, and people, we've, we hear a little clamoring about it. People are complaining, but it doesn't get a whole lot of press because it's liberal land and, and, and the media is their friend and they S each other's D constantly. And so you don't hear about how awful it is. But I tell you what, you know, you, you hear, well, the, 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 uh, the, the pharmacy closed down. Well, that's terrible. Now we're in a, a, a pill a desert, <laughs> you know, a, a healthcare desert. Well, then, uh, but you F with the communities in and out burger and you have got a problem on your hands. The pending closure of the Oakland in and out burger has sparked an effort to recall the mayor of Oakland. And they're right. Yeah. I'd be if I had a, a, a In and Out Burger that was convenient in my neighborhood. I wouldn't live in a crappy neighborhood like Oakland, um, like maybe in a nice part of Oakland if there is one. Um, and, and they they In and Out Burger said we got to close the first burger chain uh, store we've ever had to in our entire existence because crime. I'd be 
I'd be leading the crusade. I, now you've gone too far. Despite taking the, I guess what they're going to close at the end of March. They believe the city's crime issue uh, is uh, partially uh, issues stem from the leadership there. Oakland Mayor Shang Tao uh, is to blame. On Friday, the group asked the Oakland United to recall Shang Tao, um, and they published a a notice of intent to recall the mayor. It's uh, I've never heard that name in my life. I hear London Breed all the time. San Francisco mayor. Yeah, you don't hear the Oakland mayor too often. No, he's probably hiding hideout somewhere. Shang Tao. He he said... um, they, in their statement, uh, let's see, the public, it said, after missing the deadline to apply for a retail theft grant worth millions of dollars to assist in Oakland. Wow. They missed the deadline to get a, 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 a millions of dollars. Uh, Shane Powell is a woman, by the way, failed to respond to the voters as to why she should be recalled. Um, the spokesman for the group said, wrote on social media, Mayor Tao must realize that there's no defense for the indefensible. The current state of Oakland is deplorable, and she is directly at fault for it. Uh, Shang says, as mayor, I prioritize this critical gateway to Oakland. Uh, surged police presidents, presence, employed technology to deter and respond to criminal behavior. However, more is necessary. I'll be working on regional and state leaders to protect the tourist gateway into Oakland. Hmm. Man. I'm trying to think what they had to shut down for me to get picked. Oh, fiddlers. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I glue my balls to the street. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. That's funny that the the internet, I mean, when you think about it, I don't know. In California, there's a lot of in and out burgers. Uh, anywhere else, anywhere east of there, if you have one, you're, you're, you should, they're coming to Florida, I understand. You should consider yourself lucky. And if all of a sudden they had to go because something, crime was so bad because of your mayor. I mean, this is an illustration of what Oakland used to be like. Maybe this will uh, continue to help the people that are actually, uh, citizens of the, of that area go in. Hey, uh, your elected officials are just letting crime run rampant and you're, you could do something about it. Starting to cause issues for you. Uh, you were okay when they closed the CVSs. Uh, you didn't make you don't take in. no pills, and your grandmama already dead. Mm-hmm. You were okay when the gas station got robbed. There's lots of gas stations over there, but the In-N-Out Burger—that's <laughs> where you stand. And put your feet down. <laughs> I would throw my body in front of a bulldozer if they try to tear down the fiddlers. Um, you're right. It, 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 it. This is not even due to theft. You know, the, no one's rot, no one's stealing. I mean, I'm sure they might have some petty issues, but I mean, the, you know, the CVS is gone because the hood rat dudes stole everything in there, and they can't do it anymore. In and Out is just worried about their customers and employees not getting uh, 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 stuck in a kidney with a knife for their wallet, or shot in their car, or robbed, or, or whatever. That's become a real concern. And the mayor missed the deadline to get a, de- a grant that would have helped put more police on the. <laughs> I miss the deadline. I go a Chinese calendar. Oh, when we return, all right. I, 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 we gotta, we gotta. I'm with Vivek Ramaswamy on this one. I believe that the Super Bowl. This is Vivek's prediction. The Super Bowl 
will be rigged for the Chiefs to win in order to set the stage for Taylor Swift's Biden endorsement. I mean, look. It it really hurts you to have to cheer for the 49ers, doesn't it? It does. It does. Are you kidding me? That's another thing. I think Detroit threw that game late in the third quarter, decided not to catch anything anymore. But yeah, I mean, do you think, has she ever really endorsed? Uh, last time, yes, kind of. She said she was voting yeah, for Biden. Voted for Biden and tried to do a get out and vote campaign stuff. I mean, she's influential in those oh, certain groups. frighteningly influential. But also a lot of those groups don't end up actually voting, so. I don't know. There's some of these girls who are crying themselves to sleep over Jason Kelsey's retirement. They never watched a game of football until six months ago. Yeah, and then again, a lot of them won't ever go and actually put the, <laughs> the moment to put the actual vote in. Well, it's an interesting, um, and I saw people just defending her all. They only showed a total of 34 or 46 seconds of Taylor's face. That's all. You guys are complaining about it. <laughs> I said, I'm going to have to come up with some uh, Taylor-themed Super Bowl snacks from here on out. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's, let, we, we should. Throw those out to their marks to see yeah, uh, in the remarks, if you have a tailor, be be you know, well, be gross like you normally are, but you, you know the, the rules in terms of profanity. A Taylor Swift themed Super Bowl party snack or entree. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe uh, Taylor's got no pork butt sliders. <laughs> All right, hang on, it's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. When I left the military, I was excited for a fresh start, but civilian life has been harder than I thought it would be. Figuring out a new career while also being a good mom, wife, and friend. Some days I'm barely keeping my head above water. I finally realized that it's hurting my mental health. To get back to enjoying life again, I needed to get help. Discover how other women veterans like me have learned to thrive after military service by taking care of themselves and their mental health. Visit maketheconnection.net slash womenveterans. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. It's not too far of a question. Um, and consider a couple of things that Taylor Swift may be, uh, there may be some the fix in uh, to harness the power that is Taylor Swift. The vague claims the Super Bowl will be rigged. They will win. Uh, so to set her up for a big endorsement of Joe Biden, uh, a good indicator was last night when they won. She was down on the field. They don't let wives down on the field unless I think it's just the Super Bowl. Yeah, very because that's a security risk like crazy to have all the wives down the field like that. Right. The only baby mamas be down there. Where's my money? Uh, uh, you know, and, and Jack Posobiec said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about when Taylor Swift called out the Soros family in 2019 for the buying, buying the rights for her music. That was when Scooter Braun owned it and how she came out as a super liberal in 2020. Um, and Gavin Newsom, he all but begged her to support Biden. He said, Taylor Swift stands tall and unique. What she was able to accomplish just in getting young people activated to consider that they have a voice and that they should have a voice in the next election, I think, is 
profoundly powerful. Um, the campaign has enough suggestions. They call it the Taylor Swift strategy. They sent, uh, they send, oh, sending Biden to stop on Swift's blockbuster era's tour for a concert. Hmm. Her, her uh, publicist can't confirm that. She has created brand, they believe that she has created brand value of $331.5 million for the Chiefs in the NFL. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Wow. That figure accounts for print, digital, radio, TV, uh, all the highlights, social media monitoring Swift since she attended her first game on September 24th. Uh... They calculated a financial amount for each occurrence based on reach and impact. Uh, that's a lot of, uh, I bet you get that'll charge her for that booth. No, oh, no. <laughs> Imagine that. You know, I'm surprised they don't capitalize uh, on other, you know, I'm sure other rappers go and other musicians go to football games. Maybe they don't have the reputation the NFL wants to stand behind, per se. I mean, they show them all the time. There's always, uh, you know, even Super Bowl, there's always, uh, they look around. There, Eminem was at the uh, 49ers uh, Detroit game. They showed him for two seconds and then moved on. And they, I mean, they'll point out famous people, but the. Hers is, well, they, I mean, her, well, maybe because of the fact she's dating yeah. a player has a lot to do with it, I, I would imagine. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how it would go over if Eminem was dating a player. That would. They also say that she helped the NFL produce its highest regular season female viewership since it started collecting that data in 2000 and the top regular season mark in the 1834 demographic since 2019. Female viewership rose 9% from last season. Higher than the male viewership's 6% rise. Kelsey Gear has seen a 400% increase. He's one of the top five selling jerseys. That's after she went to the first game. <laughs> That's amazingly powerful. It is. I mean, I mean, it's made a guy that was uh, probably the best tight end in the league, if you know, top two. Uh, you want people want to argue on, on different semantics, but at the time he was one of the top tight ends in the league. But he was still a tight end, right? And now he's probably one of the right, the face of the NFL currently, while playing with. Probably the best quarterback that's come along right. since Tom Brady just retired. He's definitely stolen some uh, some uh, some of the spotlight from Mahomes. Uh, Roger Goodell said this year that the romance is great for the NFL. Uh, now you can back that up with financial data. He said, "Listen, they're happy. They seem to be enjoying their relationship. That's great in of itself. But it has connected more fans of Taylor's and more fans of the NFL in some ways to see they have that connection. And now they have a connection to our game and to Taylor." Uh. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, you wouldn't, the typical Taylor Swift fan probably wouldn't think to watch uh, a, a football game, but now they have a reason to because their girl is dating one of them. I think the funny thing is, is it is transcending one way and not the other. In that maybe he's brought a lot of women into football. You mean a bunch of guys aren't sitting around uh, yeah, at the lunchroom, they tap it and bring it off, kick it off. Shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it hasn't really gone the other way. There's not a lot of bunch of Kansas City fans who are like, I'm really a big Taylor Swift fan now. Yeah. That, uh, 
Travis is dating yeah. her. I've had Taylor Swift merch ain't flying off the shelf for the uh, for the average uh, NFL player. <laughs> Well, so what's the thing? Uh, she'll be asked at some point. Oh, they don't do the where are you going? You just won the Super Bowl. I'm going to Disneyland. They don't do that anymore, do they? I think they still do it. Do they? No. You're right. We do need to find some Swifty snacks, Super Bowl snackish. I like your, uh, what did you, what'd you call it? Uh, <laughs> Taylor has no pork butt layers. Taylor has no pork butt layers. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> San Francisco a fellow worked for the uh, the DA's office there. He, he was a victim's advocate, right? You, uh, you, you know, a woman's been sexually assaulted. Or raped, or or something horrible. They they have a and the DA is going to prosecute the scumbag that did it to her. They have a, a an office of victim advocacy. Well, this fella, he uh, is a, he sent it to a Brooke Jenkins. That was the victim, I guess. Uh, Jovan Thomas, he sent an inappropriate message responding uh, to a calendar invite to an event memorializing the 1998 torture and killing of a gay college student member, Matthew Shepard. The email was addressed to Jovan and the entire DA's office from Brooke Jenkins. A woman, well, I guess he was aware of or knew or somewhat of... Um, so soon she after sounds like she's the office manager. Oh, okay. Cause that's usually who sends out like the calendar events, things that are going on. Oh, okay. She wouldn't do any, nothing to do with the event. She just, uh, so after she sent the email out, the chief assistant district attorney, Ana Gonzalez sent the office an email saying the issue was being handled by the administration. Uh, please delete the email. He responded to her with what color are your panties? Yeah, probably not the best thing to uh, lead your uh, office email up with. Did he do a reply to all? I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> what color are your pants? This guy, by the way, he's already um, um, been sued for harassing one of the uh, victims that he was assigned previously. Uh, he wrote, please know this is not who I am as a person. I, and I carry myself with respect and dignity. I'm sincerely sorry, and I would never do. He claims he, he he sent it. He thought, he believed he sent the message as a joke to a fraternity brother. Ha, give me a, you know how fraternity brothers uh-huh. are always going like, hey, what kind of panties you wearing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is no relationship between the DA and the individual who sent the email. Yeah, he was uh, sued for sexually harassing a victim that he had been assigned to support. He was accused of taking advantage of a woman sexually after she went through a robbery uh, and some gang violence. The victim went by Jane Doe in court but said that he stroked her butt and asked her to come to his home where they went on a, on to drink and have sex. She claimed he continued to call and text her uh, that she feared she wouldn't get the victim's services if she turned down his advances. What a scumbag. He stroked her buttocks. Assaulting the rape the victim. victim that yeah. he was supposed to be. A- <laughs> uh, 
Wonderful. Uh, exciting. This is the greatest story, I think, all weekend long. I love it when this happens. I don't know how long ago it was that, I don't know, can you get a drink at a drive-thru in California and, and a, get a plastic straw, or is it all paper? I don't. I think it's all paper there, but... Yeah. Well, scientists in Belgium recently tested dozens of different straws from retailers and supermarkets and different manufacturers, and they found that the majority of them got the PFAS, the PFAS, uh, the forever chemicals, a family of synthetic chemicals used to, to manufacture consumer products. They can resist stains, grease, and water. They sample 39 different brands of paper, bamboo, glass, and stainless steel. Of those, 27 were found to have PFAS, uh, though the concentrations were low. Uh, it stands for polyfluorocalyl substances, forever chemicals. They got they have more in 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 the paper ones they have in the plastic ones. This we, is the plastic bags all over again. Every time that yeah. we try to do something uh, environmentally friendly, you end up doing something really, really worse. Yeah, a lot worse. Um, they uh, of all the straws in the study, those made of paper were most likely to contain PFAS. They were detected in 18 out of 20 brands, 4 out of 5 bamboo straws, um, 3 out of 4 plastics have it. All 5 stainless steel straws analyzed were PFAS free. We got a rack of those at the uh, at the house. They're weird to suck a drink through though. Uh, that's low birth weight, high cholesterol, thyroid disease, increased risk of kidney and liver cancers, but they you don't know. They don't know what the level is uh, problematic. Oh, and you know, one thing that that paper straws are super famous for is the fact that they fall apart in your drink after just a little bit. So those chemicals releasing into your drink is yeah. just awesome. They, they don't last at all. That's, uh, what, why, I thought we uh, gave up pla the straws in the beginning because someone found it in a turtle's nose, a sea turtle's nose or something. One jammed in there? Yeah, that's why we got rid of the plastic straws. And we went to the paper straws, but everybody figured, oh, yeah, that's right. Paper straws don't hold up very well. So they covered them in chemicals. <coughs> Sorry, I just inhaled the wrong way. <coughs> Some kid did a study and said uh, he came up with a number, like 500 million straws are in the ocean because of us every year or some he, nonsense. He put a sad turtle with the, in his nose. No, whatever. He had nowhere to check the numbers. And, oh, my God, it's terrible. We got to ban it right away. Sounded good at the time. So, I mean, get yourself a, uh, how about this? How about don't drink with a straw? I'm really not worried about um, PFAS. Yeah, I mean. They've been at, around for a while. We at this even... point, uh, you know, in my lifetime, we've had PFAS and microplastics. And so I'm almost pretty sure most of my insides are coated with oh, some yeah. sort of uh Protective now, the lead paint, the uh, asbestos, all that fun stuff. We're chemically just invincible almost now. Yeah, it's in your paper. They say it's in paper products as well. <clears throat> I mean, well, we started to use, I mean, paper products were for like paper plates and such. We're like for the office party. We I use them when I cook out, you know, you don't have to do a bunch of dishes. It was safe, save water, right? <laughs> 
But now they're evil, they're poisoning you, and they're filling up the uh, um, the trash heap. The landfill. So far, California, Colorado, New York, and Oregon have banned plastic straws from food establishments in the last five years. <clears throat> Starbucks are slowly phasing them out. I thought it was all, yeah, they, they, they can't be recycled. They wind up in landfills, burn up an incinerator, get in a, 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 a turtle's nose. Yeah. There's nothing eco-friendly anymore, right? It's in the cup you got. You, you, your soda you got in the drive-thru. I guarantee that's got some PFAS in it. The lid's got PFAS. Oh, it's the uh, the wrapper that wraps your burger up, PFAS. All the uh, all the girls that were fighting over those Stanley cups uh, to the point that they were throwing punches at each other, yeah. and they've done tests now, and it's got lead all over it. That Stanley cup thing is weird. Listen, it's not just kids. Man, what's I, it called? I know Women throwing you. I go, I gotta have my Stanley. I love my Stanley. That's a weird thing, isn't it? Uh, it's a bit odd to be obsessed about a cup. I could blow them all away. I have my father in law's old Stanley. Thermos, it's green, all beat up. It's got a handle on the side, like a lunchbox handle. You carry it like a. <laughs> I mean, I have a knockoff one here that was given to was gifted to me by my wife's grandmother. That I'm just like, okay, cool. It's a big cup. Yeah, it's a I big stainless steel cup. <laughs> Who cares if it says Stanley on it or not? Just go get some of those stick-on letters for the dollar store. <laughs> I'm gonna put a big old giant Florida man sticker on it here soon. That's a good idea. Uh, this is what the most odd uh, teacher had sex with a student situations I've ever heard. And probably because it's soft and loving and lesbian. Former New Jersey teacher admitted to a sexual relationship with a female student recently. She was spared prison time largely because of her former students. Assistant Prosecutor Stephen Bollenbach said in court last week, letters of support from some of Christine Knudsen's former students were submitted to the sentencing judge. It's clear that uh, she had a positive impact on a lot of her students' lives. She was arrested in 2021 for a 2017 tryst, met the victim after the student joined the school's drama club, which she was advising. She had become an educator uh, for 20 years. She felt uh, pled guilty to reckless endangerment. The judge decided to suspend her sentence to three years. Under the terms of her sentence, she's barred from having any contact with the victim who was 17 at the time, has to register as a sex offender, and will be on probation until the day she dies. But uh, uh, she didn't go, he suspended, she didn't go to jail at all because the other students said she was great. She, you know, she really helped me. She had a great impact, a positive impact. I know she diddled one kid, but that, you know. She was always very supportive. She was always willing to put her arm around you and maybe massage your shoulders if you were tense. She was an art teacher at the Fair Lawn High School. But, you know, I think the fact that it was girl on girl, that's a little, you know, no harm, no foul, right? I I think that's part of it. (laughs) I really do. It's weird, but it's got to have a lot to do with it. I mean, what other reason? Uh, There's no other... Uh, if this was a fifty-year-old uh, guy with a, with a fifteen-year-old girl, and they just put, oh well, I mean, Mr. Johnson always was so uh, like he helped me pass all my math classes. Uh, he was a great guy, really proved my life. I didn't mind blowing him at all, Your Honor. Yeah, they're not going to <laughs> ever give him a suspended sentence like that. 
uh, they find, they say, they may have found Amelia Earhart's plane. That's a pretty cool story. The f- famous, one of the most, one of the biggest uh, mysteries. A team, um, they appear to have located her Lockheed 10E Electra. It scanned 5,200 square miles of the ocean floor where this, they suspected it was. They found a sonar image on a uh, that appeared to show the plane-shaped object resting at the bottom of the sea. They used state-of-the-art underwater drones. Um, the, uh, the, the dude doing it, his name is Tony Romeo. <clears throat> He's a pilot and a former U.S. Air Force intelligence officer. He, he funded the $11 million search by selling off his commercial real estate properties. This guy wanted to find Amelia Earhart's plane so bad. That's just a guy that's rich and he, he has now a, a hobby. This is what more, more rich people should be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Bezos should be like, all right, well, let me pick a mystery. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find it to, you know, a drop in the bucket to my Yeah, and I'm going to figure out the, the greatest mystery of all time. He said it's the most exciting thing I'll ever do in my life. I feel like a 10-year-old on a treasure hunt. Uh, her and her navigator, Fred Noonan, nobody talks about old Freddie Noonan. No. They disappeared in July 1937 over the Pacific multiple searches have been done no one found them no, you know until this one 16,000 feet below the surface that's too is that uh deeper than the uh titanic no i don't think so Mm-mm-mm. well no maybe actually the wreck of the titanic lies at a depth of about 12,000 feet so yeah it would be so no one's well. It's never going to be. It's it's considered a what a grave site or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, if they can get something down there, at least maybe a picture, and you know, you know get a picture of the cockpit, and there's a skeleton of it looks, you know, female <laughs> skeleton holding on to the wheel <laughs> with that leather cap thing and the goggles on it. All right, we got her <clears throat> mystery solved. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe the, uh, rich people should be doing that, but instead, billionaires like Peter Thiel are building a giant. Floating city in international waters where they could party like a proper billionaire. Well, you can't be arrested for anything. There's no laws. There's no regulations. There's no taxes. You're just a billionaire. It's Epstein's wet dream. Yeah, I don't know how Epstein didn't think of this. Right. Put it in international waters and nothing happened. <clears throat> a, a lot of people are doing this. They're... For the reason they're not going to be bothered, they're exempt from laws that govern nations and potentially safe from disasters, uh, land dwellers. The Sea Steading Institute, backed by an investment by Teal, has spent 15 years researching the idea of permanent floating communities living in in international waters free of regulation. They unveiled the Sea Pod. It's a floating building with 733, <clears throat> 733 square feet of living space. It stands on a pole seven feet above the water. A pole? A pole. I mean, it's a, I'm sure it's got a good uh, uh, diameter to it. But it could sway. A pole. One pole. How many poles do you need? Uh, four. I prefer four. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the uh, the very first they had one uh, Ocean Builders, a company that was backed by a, a Bitcoin gazillionaire. It's called the Sea Pod. It was a floating. Uh, oh, that that's the poll. This the Ocean Pod. Their first run uh, unveiled in 2022 and had a bilge pump malfunction and it collapsed. Bilge pump uh, malfunction. Sounds like uh, something dangerous, actually. When (laughs) one bilge pump malfunction, you uh, end up in the water. Right. This guy constructed a floating fiberglass home off the coast of Thailand in 2019 for himself and his wife. The couple was forced to flee. Cops raided them after they posted videos of themselves drinking champagne on the on the uh, in the seastead. They were facing death penalty after the Thai government s- said their actions challenged the country's independence. Holy crap! They're serious about that down there. I mean, you, it'd be hard to entertain people. That's all I'm saying. You wouldn't your friends that have to take a what a, 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 a what was a hundred miles off the coast is international waters. You're a billionaire. You go get your uh, helicopter. Oh or, yeah. Or I mean, you should be rocking your uh, uh, luxury uh, uh, submarine anyway. Oh, so that's right. You just surf right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, get in the elevator. Go up the pole, and uh, you're uh, you're in your sea pod. The fishing I hear is going to be great. Imagine if you're the staff, though, that has to always live in the sea pod. Oh, yeah. Do they have staff sea pods nearby? <laughs> yeah, you have to have staff's quarters. 733 square feet ain't going to cut it for these billionaires. <clears throat> they, uh, the technology for floating, for floating startup governments is at hand. <laughs> this guy said, I came here from the opposite of a floating city, which is San Francisco, California. A lot of people are not satisfied with the way it's going and the way it's governed. But imagine if we could bring San Francisco up into little pieces and people could move about and choose the neighborhood they want. We'd have a variation by governance providers and selection by citizens. Let a class of people try a lot of ideas. We'll discover the best solutions for how to live. But some kind of experiment? I thought this is just Peter Thiel wanting to get, to get away from it all. Well, it is. They want to always make it sound like it's an experiment, but they really just don't want to have to have homeless people outside their front stoop. <laughs> and if you got the ocean outside, you don't have to worry right. about that. No homeless. That's brilliant. Uh, I don't know. I saw some pictures of it. It looked like an oil derrick uh, with with luxury digs on top of it. Basically. Man, there's nothing to look. You look around, nothing to see. Ocean, everywhere you look, there's no, not even any scenery. Yeah, you're in uncharted water in ungoverned waters. You can just have as much adrenochrome as you want. Like every morning, oh, just wake yeah. up. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, when we return, we'll get to your remarks. Uh, also, if you're thinking about going to see the Mayan ruins, Mexico says thank again. I'll tell you why. And Hugh Hefner was bad in bed and ate weird stuff. Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Hefner ate the same thing every night. I'm all for being a creature of habit, but even I had to break, you know, my habit up a little bit. Uh, Crystal Hefner is uh, his widow. Uh, she's got a memoir out called "Only Say Good Things: Surviving Playboy and Finding Myself." She said, "I, I ate whatever I wanted to, but he ate the exact same thing." Crystal says, in the exact same place in his bed every single night. And I thought about like I thought about that like it is is it because that's 
another thing he could control? Maybe. Every night, he had Lipton noodle soup. Not Lipton chicken noodle soup. Not a chicken soup noodle soup. Lipton noodle soup. Is that the one that's um, instant? Like the packets, yeah. The- oh, for the love of Pete. Um, it was exactly like chicken noodle soup, but no chicken. Why would a man do this? I don't know. Was he vegetarian? No. But that's all. That's not all. He also indulged in the somewhat unusual beverage for a grown man. He would have a glass of ice-cold milk. The bottle and the glass would have to be placed in the freezer and kept there. The milk had to be served in a special glass that had his uh, HMH monogram glasses on it. The meal was completed with a special treat. So you get Lipton soup, a glass of very cold milk, and a jelly donut. I mean, he definitely sounds like you guy that was a creature of comfort type of thing, that he, he had to have the same... But you always had the mid- imagine the suave, uh, you know, playboy uh, Hugh Hefner was out eating uh, fine French meals and things like that when he was actually at home eating basically uh, yeah. a white trash special. Yeah. There. <laughs> it is a white trash special. <clears throat> he lived to be 91. So, you know, I imagine that soup is awful for you to, to so have all alone. the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enough salt for a day. So did he have a special chef that always made his Lipton for him every night? Or I mean, he, I'm sure he had a lunch, right? Out by the pool, maybe. Was, you know. But that's a weird thing to have every night for dinner. Ugh. You have to save that milk for the... You can't drink milk with that salty soup. You got to save that for the wash the jelly donut down. Yeah, you would think so. Hmm. Um... We got a lot of remarks in there, shall we? Yes. From the Florida Man radio app, powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Your best tool for listening to a program on the road, on the run, on your own schedule. Down at the bottom is a little microphone, and you can talk to us. Here we go. Point of order, point of order. Please don't use gender-specific pronouns like guys. Heather, don't say, hey, guys, <laughs> just not inclusive enough. <laughs> beat him, beat him. Hey, happy Monday, guys. Hey, Shannon, thought you'd get a kick out of this. Uh, I was just down in the Jupiter area over this weekend doing some scuba diving, and the captain of the boat that took us out on Saturday, his name was Jamerson. He swore to God that was his birth-given name, and that's what his birth certificate says. People say when they refer to Jameson, Jameson's whiskey as Jamerson's. They put an R. Yeah, I hear that a lot, weirdly enough. And and I've never met anyone named or seen the last name Jamerson. But maybe it's just a slip of the tongue. It's Jameson's. I'm not calling you out or anything. Now available on the Florida Man radio app, the Trust Index. Help fight misinformation. Send questionable social media posts to the Trust Index fact-checking team. So you know everything is good. We have that? Yeah, something popped up on our app. Again, we don't. it's the news source stuff on there that we don't have control over. I'll have to check that out. 
every, every word on the street is every, the company that every, made the radar that was tracking that drone, same company that made the every, cameras in Epstein's cell. Every, <laughs> what a dunk it. The simple answer why they're letting all the illegals in is to turn Texas from red to blue and change the whole national election landscape. That's all it is. Mm. Replacement theory. You guys are talking about the wrong people getting scooped up during deportation and stuff. I'll just tell you this. Uh, it's the price of doing business. You know, a bunch of people come in. Uh, all freebie like it's uh them's the brakes kid sorry about your luck Chuck our audience has a heart you know? <laughs> what can I say the Democrats will certainly be comparing all the Republicans and all of us to uh, Nazi Germany for telling on the neighbors and etc people that are illegal rounding them up oh it's just like Nazi Germany oh <laughs> Yeah, you're right. That's exactly the way they'll play it. That's the way I played it before. That's why we have sanctuary cities. Yep. That's right. Uh. Yeah, no reason to go to a war with Iran. They have nothing we need. We've got plenty of oil and goats already. You need to send a message to them, though. Give them 48 hours to vacate the nuclear research facilities and weapons manufacturing areas. And then just like Japan, Nagasaki, Hiroshima, sink tactical nukes in those spots. Shut them down. China, Russia won't do crap. Bidu bidu. Um. Isn't United Airlines going to start hiring people based on their skin color? Um. Well, all the corporations are doing that based on because they're trying to fill quotas now. Right. But what, what, for what purpose or for whom? I know in California, you have to have a woman on your board of directors, for example. Because we have a large amount of investor groups that are in that uh, in that mindset now. And the investor groups look at it and go, okay, uh, you, know, you made a little bit of money last year, uh, but you're not very diverse. Uh, so we'll probably not put as much into it this year. God, so stupid. Todd and Daytona, my impression of Shannon if they closed down Fiddlers. You shouldn't make me sober. You wouldn't like me when I'm sober. <laughs> uh, I'd be more like Willie Wallace, I think. Taylor Swift's bunless chicken leg sliders. I got a, a suggestion of finger-rolled pop cherry Swiffies. And I said, I, well, I don't know. I was not bad. What is it? Super Bowl Taylor Swift dessert. The rest I can't repeat. <laughs> I said the finger rolling thing through me. The rest I can't say on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, here. Did we play that? Bundless Lake Yeah, played that one. Okay. Right here. I feel like we conservatives need to be as involved in our local voting and all voting processes as possible. As volunteers and all of us, I'm going to get my hand in it too. Um, be as involved and just seeing what's going on, be a part of it, help out so that we can be in there and make sure and report any cheating that will occur. 
Don't you think? Yes. I do. Hey, guys. I've got a perfect Taylor Swift uh, accompaniment, not necessarily a snack for the Super Bowl. Uh, when you uh, pass out the drinks to the ladies, uh, they all love cocktails. So uh, you offer them uh, the cocktail along with a tea swizzle stick. Uh-huh. I see. Taylor Swift Super Bowl nagging nachos. <laughs> Hi, guys. Rick in College Park. My suggestion for a Taylor Swift theme snack for the Super Bowl would be flat bread with cream cheese. <laughs> hey, what's up, Shando? Heather, easy. Sparky 352. Hey, man, I had a great camping trip. Here's a, here's an appetizer. How about Taylor Tots with Swifty cheese? Be-do, be-do. I made cheesesteaks on the Blackstone. That's the by far the best thing I've ever made on it. It was. I just bring it up here and park it right out here. <laughs> we, we go out there, I'll, I'll, I'll brew up a cheesesteak and, and a bright, we'll put a song on. Oh my God, they were so good. Uh, the tourist gateway to Oakland. Is that what she said? Yes. I, I don't know a lot of people. Clamoring to head to Oakland. Yeah, honey, I'm thinking about vacation. How about Oakland? Here, it's wonderful this time of year. Yeah, it's really nice. They got an in and out burger right here. <laughs> I want to hear Jokey J rap. Oh, yeah, that would be funny. There's no way you could keep time, though. But maybe that would be that would make it funny. I've been informed by Heather this is rude. Taylor Swift meat curtain sliders. Just have, you know, roast beef hanging off the edges uh, of the sliders because uh, you know uh, that. All that. right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all you all had to use, you had to go in a great description <laughs> of it, the name alone. <laughs> all right, now see what we'll do is then drive it all the sides. You just rape it. it off the sides. <laughs> uh, hey, Shando Sparky, by the way. Um, NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl is the only time the families are allowed uh, AFC and NFC Championship games. The only time they're allowed down on the field, but the families are allowed down on the field. Girlfriends, wives. The campaign. Be-do, be-do. I didn't see a whole lot of them down there. Yeah, and you didn't see the cameras following. Uh, right. You know. I didn't see anyone, any other mothers uh, uh, or wives or girlfriends getting a, uh, a police or an escort of security down there to her man. <laughs> Todd and Daytona, I think an appropriate Taylor Swift Super Bowl snack would be just a bowl of assorted dried fruits and nuts on the table. <laughs> hey, Shannon T-Bone from Atlanta here. Uh, two things. Number one, the uh, Taylor Swift snack, I'd say it'd probably be like two small chicken breasts sitting on a plate and underneath it have two foot long hot dogs for legs. <laughs> that's about it sums that up other one nothing worse than having your buddy to work with lock your damn keys in the work truck with your pack of cigarettes sitting on the dash and you can't get to the damn things i was about to kill somebody anyways be too freaking you <laughs> what's up guys right right here the black national anthem really 
F the NFL. That's what I got to say. I won't be watching it. Super Bowl, no Super Bowl. I'm done with any of these uh, sports organizations uh, getting political. Very out. Love you guys. Great show. Did they play Be the Black National Anthem before these games? Yeah, since they uh, did I just, on TV. It's not. I don't think they do it before every NFL game and before every it's regular playoffs game. Just and the, Super the, Bowl. the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I, I think didn't some of the, like AFC NFC. They probably did it. I didn't see it. Was it televised? Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Uh, oh, they didn't make some those, pretty damn good uh, cheesesteaks. I, I didn't see those. Uh, I know it will be Super Bowl. It'll be televised because it has been the last three years. Damn it. I eat way too late, but too much on my plate, and that's why I'm so huge, because I eat too much food. Hey guys, that statement that uh, Goodell made about Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey, that just shows how out of touch he is. Might be good for business uh, in the short term. But not a single true NFL fan wants to see her on a TV screen celebrating. It's so obnoxious. Get her off and get her out of there. We don't care. You can't, you can't tell her she can't go to the game. I, I'm in it for the, I'm, I'm a fan of her. I don't really know her. I don't know her music at all, uh, except for the Shake It Up one. Uh, uh, but it, I, I like what it does to everyone else, you know, I, watching the human reaction. Yeah, I, I doesn't really bother me. Uh, I wish, and I, I think almost a little bit. She kind of wishes that the camera wasn't uh, like every touchdown that it turned right back to her. Because of course, at some point, she's got to be like she can't have a co- two cocktails in her hand and power yeah. it down, and they turn <laughs> right. the camera to her. You know, she's got a Winston burn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn, the camera's on me. <laughs> Shannon, Easy, Heather, KP, here in the uh, Panhandle. We've done beach cleanups volunteer in Walton County, Escambia, and Okaloosa. The plastic that we pick up from toys, umbrellas, beach chairs, fills dumpsters like unbelievable. So people come down here, say their environment. Yeah, you guys are talking about the billionaire that wants to build the floating village or whatever the hell he's building but uh just reminds me of the old kevin costner movie water world that's the that's the utopia those people want it's crazy that was not a utopia because it was the end, of the, world. <laughs> the end of the world and 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 he got gills so he could swim and uh and people could get water remember that i remember spam being an important part of that movie was some people eating a lot of spam it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I think it was like one of the things that survived. Type of. Right. That's why I got a cupboard full of it. Shannon, easy, Heather, KP again from Panhandle of Florida. Yes, uh, we've done beach cleanup, volunteer cleanups in Walton, Escambia Bay, Okaloosa, and the volume of plastic trash that is left is mind-boggling. Fills dumpsters. Yep, pretty much. And they come down here and go, oh, we're environmentally friendly. But they leave all their crap on the beach. Have you noticed our uh, our buddy Wolfie Ramon up in the panhandle at a rock, at a rock station there on his Facebook page? He They take great delight in watching tourists come 
to Fort Walton Beach and come to the Panhandle, and and they over way overpack for yeah. it. They've got so much stuff that it's they got one of these trailer hitch deals. It's like an extra platform, and that thing and the hood is tied off. <laughs> Hashtag overpacked for the beach. Overpacked for the beach. It's funny. Where are we? Hey man, it's Clovis. Hey man, I just watched the episode on Star Trek DS9 yesterday. Of they found Amelia Earhart, <laughs> and they, they found a whole bunch of people on a planet that had been stolen from Earth. And Amelia Earhart was one of them. <laughs> Star Trek guy ought to dig that. Beady beady. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kid here. I'm a, I'm a, the <laughs> cameras I use for Epstein cell. I'm a, I'm a, same cameras I use at my house. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a God bless. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like we're in remark uh, inception. inception. Yeah. Oh my God, that's funny. Shannon, easy Heather, couldn't resist this one. This KP Panhandle. Uh, yeah, let's hire airline pilots who aren't worth a crap, even though they have hours and types of certificated aircraft, but aren't very good pilots. But we're going to hire them anyways, based on hiring quotas. Yeah, let me fly that airline. Bidu bidu. Every, every, I know what I'm having every during the Super Bowl. Every good old fashioned skank sandwich. Every, <laughs> God bless. Wait, I'm not. I don't think she's a skank. I think she's the opposite of that. That's what her image is, anyway. Who knows? She maybe do stuff that Travis Kelsey make his beard spin or something. You know? I mean, not anything wrong with her because uh, male counterparts have done the same thing. But she has gone through a lot of guys during her That's time true. being famous. That's part of her image. But is she that, breaks up with yeah, him and then writes a new album and. <laughs> How about Swift Meatballs? <laughs> <laughs> that was all it's the so delivery, simple. yeah. Swift meatballs. Ha! Taylor Swift sponsored desserts from the Super Bowl. Brought to you by <laughs> Crotch Pockets. Jeez. Hey, hey, Shannon. Hey, I thought for sure you're, when you were talking about Hugh Hefner eating something every night in bed, I thought for sure it was going to be something other than soup. Just saying. Beedle, beedle. Yep. It wasn't. <laughs> Why you gotta be so mean? Spinach dip. <laughs> Taylor's cheddar puff camel toes. <laughs> I got a big giant gallon of cheese balls. I'm instructed. Kim, I said, what, have you ever seen them anywhere? She goes to all these different grocery places, Aldi. And and I said, if you see it, there's a big tub. Mm-hmm. It's clear, and it's full of cheese balls. Okay, so, so she finally came home with one this weekend. How do you eat them? You open the lid. Yeah, okay. You, the, yeah. Do you pour them into a bowl, yes. into a napkin? Do you go bare hand into it? Well, I don't know. I mean, if I'm sharing them with people, I'm not going to bare hand them in there. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't opened it quite yet. Oh. Uh, Taylor's stinky brown eye bean dip. (laughs) (laughs) For the life of me, I can't understand why grown people are upset about the TV flashing to Taylor Swift after Travis Kelsey catches a freaking pass. No big deal. Who cares? Who cares? 
Would you rather they just panned the crowd showing the celebration? It doesn't matter. Yes. God, stop being so butthurt over little things. You all sound like liberals. I sound like a Swifty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, hashtag overpacked S, the, you know, for the beach. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yes, Shando, the families are allowed down there. Brock's mom was the one with the platinum blonde hair and then. All right. Sorry, Heather, for the rude remark. I'll try a different one. The Taylor Swift hoe. You oh. take a ho-ho and you gut it so it's wide open. Come on. <laughs> Breaking news. Supreme Court orders Texas razor wire move to Ukraine border. Story out of love. <laughs> Florida man, popular talk show host, today found secured to the road surface by his testicles in front of his favorite pub. Details at 10. Star Trek guy here. Technically, Janeway found um, oh, here we go. Amelia Earhart, not Cisco. And I was going to make a Star Trek joke, but I was just enjoying the show too much. Be doo be doo. Nerd fight! <laughs> Shut in, Maverick here. Uh, Taylor Swift Super Bowl meal. Uh, how about just a plate full of wieners? <laughs> Those are the remarks uh, for this hour. We'll do it again in the uh, final hour of the program. Uh, we're getting dark. Uh, you know, we're going to head back to a classic Mob Monday, and we're oh, yeah? going to talk about more celebrities that had some ties to the mob. Other than Frank Sinatra. Other than Frank Sinatra. Okay. And actually, historians have come along and said that Frank maybe not had as much ties as everybody thinks. Really? It he probably more, just bolstered it up so he looked like a tough guy. Well, it was more that mobsters liked him, and he had that image. So right. they it, they all like, oh, yeah, I'm friends with Frank. And Frank Sinatra was like, I don't know any of these guys. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Military dogs keep our troops safe by sniffing out bombs and IEDs. Yet when they retire, they're too often left overseas. American Humane brings these heroes home and back with their handlers. To help, visit AmericanHumane.org. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Killed in the uh, air in the strike in Jordan, uh, they are uh, Sergeant William J. Rivers from Georgia, Specialist Kenny L. Sanders from Georgia, and Specialist Brianna A. Moffitt from Georgia. All three are black. All three uh, from Georgia. So you can bet your ass on that tarmac on their return. These heroes that. Biden will be there, and I guarantee you, if his handlers have any wits about them, they will remove his watch before he goes to stand there. Well, he needs to be there no matter what, but this is definitely, if he does not show up for oh. this, will be the worst thing that ever has happened. Yeah, it'll be pretty damn bad. Pretty damn bad. Um, Mexico says... It, it, 
they've acknowledged now that a couple of well-known Mayan ruin sites that are, you know, sources of tourist income, very popular tour tour guides, and uh, they they're unreachable because of a toxic mix of rapid, rampant cartel violence and disputes over land. There's uh, two tourist guides in the Chiapas near the border with Guatemala say two other sites the government claims are still open to visitors can only be reached by passing through drug gang checkpoints. Oof. I don't want to. They can't be bought off with a couple of 20s folded up in your wallet like uh, the uh, the corrupt cops in, <laughs> in Matamoros. <laughs> They spoke on the condition of anonymity because they must still work in the area. They said the gunmen at checkpoints are seen on the road to other sites. Bonampak, famous for its murals. They said they get to another archaeological site, Lagartero. Travelers are forced to hand over identification and cell phones to the to the cartels. Hell no. Will you get them back on your way out? Uh, of course. These cartels are honest. What, do you give you a claim ticket? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that, you also can't go to the towering pyramids of Tonina because the landowner has shut off access uh, to his land while seeking payment from the government for granting the right-of-way. The cartel danger is the most problematic. I ain't going anywhere. I got to, you know, you know, last time I went to uh, Jamaica, we went to a resort, and and we were warned not to leave the resort. It was very well secured and had a big glass wall around it, right on the water. Everything you needed was there. Uh, but if you went, they suggested you take someone from the hotel with you. I had to go shopping so they could tell you where not to go and where to go. Um, but I don't know that. All these Mexican famous tourist spots are going to be safe. Acapulco, they had that that little guys came up on jet skis and started blowing people away on the beach. Yeah, uh, a lot of those they say to kind of stay away from the beach now because of the fact that they can just come just jet skiing on up there, right up on you, man. <clears throat> uh, yeah, you can't do it. Yachilan on the banks of the Usacinta River. Reachable only by boat, no longer possible. Too risky. They've uh, several guys have publicly announced they ain't taking people there anymore. The town of Frontera Comalapa, where boats once picked up tourists and took them to Yaxiclan, has closed the road because of constant incursions by gunmen. Nice. Imagine parts of the United States were like this. We two giant. Cartels can have gunfights, and if if one guy's uh, uh, cartel guy is arrested, the rest of the cartel uh, lays siege to the jail, kills everyone in there, and gets him out and takes him away, and no one does anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's even weirder though when you think of a uh, head on a, on, a, on a stick. Yeah, or also. Let's just say you can't get into Yellowstone anymore because the uh, cartel, uh, the American <laughs> cartel, has got the Yellowstone <laughs> locked down. <laughs> Uh, like we used to go see grizzly bears, but we can't do that anymore. No, Cartels there. <laughs> Mount Rushmore used to, keep, used to be nice, but not anymore. That's uh, and that, that affects everybody. There's always some kids selling a chicolet or a, a, a carving or some other crap to tourists, and there's no tourists. 
I guess he's got to go to work for the cartel, you know? Yeah, I was going to grow up selling chiclets to tourists, and now I got to go. Now I got to shoot people and haul drugs around the country. Um, oh, well, shall we get dark? Yes, let's, let's do that. do that. It's disturbing history with EZ. There's a lot of history out there. Some of it isn't in the books. so easy. Hollywood, the mob, the mob, Hollywood, yeah. hand in hand. Well, we know that the mob was uh, heavily involved in The Godfather. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Thanks for that cue, that segue to James Caan. Oh. His <laughs> name was the first one on this list. Oh, yes, he is a man who uh, classically played Sonny Corleone in The Godfather. And uh, they said it was one, you know. The guy seemed to know how to be a mobster, and there's a lot of people that believe that might have been because he could have possibly actually been one. He wasn't Italian. Well, Khan claimed that he was connected. They, well, people claim that he was connected to none other than Sammy the Bull Gravano. Once asserted, Khan was once heavily involved in the Colombo crime family. Per that iconic mafioso, Khan also had officially been termed to be an associate of the family. Really? Of course, that's a specific mafia rank bestowed upon uh, trusted non-Italians who integrate themselves into the mob business. Yes. As the story goes, Khan was so deep into mafia ties that he supposedly even personally asked Joe Colombo for permission to play Sonny on the big screen. Huh. Now, is all of that completely true? Was Gravano trying to glorify the mafia by connecting himself to, you know, one of the great movie actors of all time? Well, Khan himself has publicly admitted to Colombo family connections at various points in his life. Uh, for one, he copped to being closely linked to Colombo street man Andrew Russo via longtime family connections. Khan was even named the godfather of Russo's Scott, son, Scott. Uh, there are even allegations Khan used his mafia connections to put pressure on producers to cast him for coveted movie roles. And then there's even a crazier allegation of all those. According to Khan's own obituary after his death in July of 2022, the Hollywood store, a star supposedly once asked a mob associate to kill Joe Pesci over an $8,000 debt. Get out of here. Yes. Thankfully for Pesci and all of his fans, uh, that hit never carried out. Uh, but if true, it was suggested he had some actually very deep mafia connections. Wow. Can you imagine getting gunned down over an $8,000 debt. No. George Raft. Silver screen actor. Yeah. Old, old time. Mm-hmm. Old school. Uh, he was uh, is kind of was a star long before all the other guys kind of really blew up. The big star making role that pushed Raft into prominence was playing Ronaldo in the 1932 classic movie Scarface. The original. oh yeah, in that movie Raft was such a good mobster for that. For years after, it was thought his on-screen portrayal actually changed how real mafiosos behaved in actual life. So there was talk that the way he portrayed a mafia. Remember, is why all you see all the guys now in the suits and the uh, the Godfather. They weren't like that before. They weren't like that before. It was kind of they all started picking up. Like that's how we're supposed yeah, to. That looks pretty good. I think I'll. <laughs> uh, but if Raph knew anything about how to be a big gangster on screen, it was because of his own upbringing. The Hollywood star grew up in a tough part of New York City when he was still a kid. He worked the streets for infamous Irish mafia boss Owen Owen Oweny Madden. Uh, he even enjoyed close uh, friendships with Las Vegas mobsters Bugsy Siegel and Myers Lansky. Oh. Throughout his adult life, it wasn't all talk either. Raft was once banned from entering Britain after taking a transatlantic flight because London officials worried about his supposed mob connections. 
Uh, kind of like Sinatra, Rasp Mafia connections were likely more relational than actual active. He wasn't going and gunning people down. He just kind of was hanging out with people. Uh, he grew up around some tough guys, remained close with other tough guys all through his life without taking part of any mob activities himself. Well, it's they- good to know, you know, uh, they're not going to probably befriend you unless you're somebody of note. Yeah. And it's always nice to maybe have a guy in your, uh, but you know, maybe able to call if you get in a tough situation, you know. Yep, the relationship helped him throughout his career. And Raph could play a tough guy on screen as convincingly as anybody in the business. And there was no question that came about because of his personal past. Uh, there is one good thing about his mob ties, though. Legend has it that Raph once stopped a planned assassination of actors James Cagney and Gary Cooper <laughs> after they supposedly angered Mafia Dons during their own long careers. So, wow. Thanks, uh, George Raph, for uh, keeping uh, it, yeah. James Cagney alive. I'm, sure, I, I, I'm surprised Cagney didn't have any ties. He played mobsters all the time. I'm sure he had a little bit, too. Well, I mean, you did enough to upset some mobsters. Oh, yeah. so I'm sure you had some... Uh, Probably made them, look, maybe made them look ruthless. Lana Turner. What? Yep, throughout the middle of Hollywood's golden age, Lana was one of the Tinseltown's biggest stars. And her life off-screen was extremely dramatic as well. She was married seven times during her day. The harlot. And she supposedly had uh, affairs with several of Hollywood's biggest male stars as well. But it was her tumultuous relationship with mafioso Johnny Stampanato that really set things apart. Stampanato was, cl- was closely linked to mob boss Mickey Cohen during his day, and Johnny was violent, unpredictable, and said to be extremely well-connected in the world of organized crime. After a while to get- together, Turner began to tire of the rollercoaster relationship. She tried to end the affair multiple times, but was stopped by Johnny seemingly random and unsettling fits of anger. Uh-huh. He even supposedly threatened her with mafia-ordered violence if she ever left him. That's a little hard, a little much. Well, April 4th, 1958. If you leave me on my boys will break your legs. On that day, Turney and Stampanato were heard getting into a loud screaming match. The two often fought, but this time the stakes were heightened, and the emotion was higher than it seemingly ever been before. At the pinnacle of the fight, the unthinkable occurred. Johnny was stabbed to death. When police arrived to the process of the scene, Turner told them that it was her daughter, Cheryl Crane, who at the time was just 14 years old, who had rushed into the room and killed the mobster. Wow. Crane, the Hollywood star, explained, was simply doing what she felt was necessary to protect her mother from being hurt. That may be true, and the prosecutors liked the story so much they considered it justifiable homicide and moved on. Hmm. Justifiable homicide. Yep. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, he was beating her and she stabbed him. And he's a scumbag gangster and she's not. Bing Crosby. No, say it ain't Mm, so. Yep. The old heavy drinking. Child beating. Child beating Bing Crosby. Uh, You know, that whole wholesome image that they tried to always portray portray of him in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. They beat the hell out of his kids. Crosby was a heavy drinker when he wasn't working. He was also allegedly an abusive father who came down very hard physically and emotionally on his children and others in his personal life. And he was a big fan of gambling as well. And what does gambling get you? To the mob. Yep. Publicly, this manifested itself in a love of horse racing. But privately, he sought out significant high-stake games and even reportedly came across some terrifying moments involving organized crime. Once in 1929, Crosby got drunk one night while out partying. Somehow, when he woke up the next morning, he was in a house surrounded by gangsters. In his own home. Alarmed, he walked into a bathroom to clean himself up. As soon as he left, <laughs> another group of toughs walked in and shot up the room he had only been in a few minutes ago. Wow. 
But that wasn't even his only close call. According to a 1999 report, Bing once paid $10,000 to a mobster in order to save his own life after his gambling debt spiraled out of control. Why, he owed him ten grand? Yeah. Well, he owed somebody ten grand, and he paid that money to make sure he didn't <laughs> get, get whacked. whacked. Yeah. The crooner's mafia ties were so tight, the FBI decided to launch a full investigation to what he knew. Uh, Crosby, after all, had been playing golf and drinking with many of the country's toughest mobsters for years, and his gambling debts only further entrenched the stars' need to associate with those reputed mobsters, if only to protect himself from harm. That's a, that's what happens. Start that gambling. Debbie Reynolds. Get out of here. Yeah, name you would not expect. Uh, she was one that may have not have actually known how close she was to the mob, weirdly enough. Reynolds' second husband was a man named Harry Carl who was the owner of Carl's Shoe Brand. Prior to marrying Debbie, he had been briefly married to a woman named Joan Cohen, the widow of former Columbia Pictures leader Harry Cohen. Carl's marriage to Joan lasted only a few weeks, but which was strange in the 1950s. It wasn't getting many too uh, quickie divorces. The best the FBI and LAPD could figure out was that the marriage was arranged by organized crime bosses to hide who some of the true investors in Columbia were. Harry was sent to marry Joan, at which point he could control the Cohen estate and pay back the mob without a telling paper trail. Mm-hmm. The mob forced a quickie marriage so they could get their money that Columbia Pictures owed them without it getting back that it was going to the mob. Uh, why? Uh, the, 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 the studio paid the mob directly? Uh, well, <laughs> so when John Con- Cohen died, the kind of the company was in a little bit of a lurch. Uh, the money was going to his his widow, who the mob sent a man to go marry her, so that he would be again. It's the nineteen fifties. Women don't know what to do with the movie st- movie studio at this time. Of course, she needed a man yeah. to figure it out. You can't figure this out on your own, Missy. And that man would also make sure that all the payments go to the mob correctly. Oh, he's kind of like your uh, manager, more or less. Yeah, make sure that your 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 does she have to pay a percentage? Oh, I'm sure there was a ton of money that was still flowing because of all the investing that the mob was doing into pictures. Right. 1960, after Carl's quickie marriage with Joan ended, he got hitched to Debbie Reynolds. These two did appear to have married for love or some approximation of it, but even in that relationship, those around Reynolds dealt in secrecy. After Debbie and Carl said, I do, Carl transferred a Los Angeles mansion's deed to a man named Sidney Korshak. Sidney was a powerful attorney who had... Uh, uh, represented to have deep ties in organized crime. Not long after an, an, the inexplicable transfer, Cindy then negotiated a surprisingly large salary for Reynolds to make her live performing debut in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Then a few years later, Reynolds' business manager struck again. They got her mixed up in a business creating scopoline scop- films. I don't know that one. Scopitone. Scopitone, yeah. Scopitone films. Why that looked like an L to me. Uh, these were permanent music videos played on jukeboxes in the late 1960s. The company went out of business in 69 after it was tapped out by the uh, FBI as being a front for laundering mafia money. Oh, stop. Cops didn't link Reynolds herself to it, but her name popped up again and again when it came to the mob. And how much she actually knew was happening? What, what did she know? Yeah, she may not have known anything. She could have just been happened to. The mob was circling her at all times. Taking part of her money. Well, taking part of her money and putting her, uh, uh, she's on this Scobatone stuff. The Debbie Reynolds big name behind it. We got that. Except it was being used to launder money. Tony Bennett. Yeah. You see that. Yeah. yeah I mean, anything Vegas wise. 
Uh, Tony Bennett has long been rumored to hold attachments to organized crime. And, of course, it's not just the fact that, you know, people knew he was with Frank Sinatra and they hung in that crowd. Uh, it's also his long steady career in Las Vegas as the town grew via mob development and coordinated casino interests. Uh, David Evanier, who penned Bennett's biography, offered a remarkably deep look at the star's upbringing in the book. In it, he asserted that the smooth singer actually got his start decades ago with the help of mob money. Uh, to hear Evanier tell it, Tony Bennett supposedly served as an associate of organized crime syndicates for many years in an outsider role similar to what James Caan had done. But Bennett wasn't fated to merely live out his associate stature like that. In the late 1970s and early 1980s, he fell into a deep depression. He was using drugs heavily at the time, too, and the combination proved to be bad for his mental and physical health. Right around that same time, while vulnerable in multiple ways, Ben reportedly started seeing a woman who was known around Sin City as the gr- a girlfriend of mafioso Anthony Spilotro. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's no good. Drugged up Tony Bennett banging out a mob's girlfriend, mob boss's girlfriend. I wonder what his drug of favor was. Cocaine? Oh, it had to be cocaine. Yeah. 70s and 80s. Unsurprisingly, uh, Spilotro did not care for the singer making moves on his girl, so he went to confront Bennett about the ill-fated relationship. What? Old uh, Tony had a uh, angel looking out for him that day because instead of killing him, like the mobster probably wanted to, Spilotro simply struck Bennett on the top of the head with a phone book. That's it? That's it. it. It's a strange attack, but it worked. Not only did it knock the singer unconscious, but it also moved him to drop the girl. So, I mean, you hit somebody with a phone book, they don't <laughs> yeah. bruise, but they also yeah. will knock you out unconscious. Yeah, it'll give you a concussion. So it kind of worked out. Uh, I'm going to give you, he, he gave Tony one chance. Uh, get hit in the head with his phone book and we'll just don't uh, bang my girl anymore and we're good to go. Probably got him off the drugs too. It did. Even better for Bennett. It seemed to knock a bit of sense into him and a few weeks later he checked into rehab and got clean. Wow. Good. <clears throat> good for him. All that took was one phone book to the head. How about Wayne Newton? Uh, you think all those panties on the stage well, are not being part of knob stuff? Right. <laughs> So, the entertainer rose to fame in Vegas, right as the city was reimagining itself as a more friendly, a family-friendly road spot than it had been in the past. Newton rode that wave to stardom in town and even transcended from his own live shows to television spots and other national kinds of fame. But behind the scenes, Vegas insiders were wondering about Newton's supposedly shady connections to organized crime. And word first got out, the singer could allegedly be attached to some type of syndicate. Basically, all hell broke loose. It started at Newton's turn as part owner of the Aladdin Casino. The casino's management decision to add Newton to its ownership group was kind of a strange one, but Vegas insiders began wondering if it wasn't very purposeful. After all, Newton had no criminal record, no public criminal ties, thus he was clean enough to operate a gaming license in the state of Nevada, unlike some of his allegedly more connected pals. One of those pals was a man named Guido Penosio. Hmm, Not a great gangster name. Mm -hmm. He and Newton had long been a friendship, one Newton himself admitted to, but Vegas cops and local newspaper reporters were suspicious because Pinosi's alleged mob ties. After word about Newton and Pinosi's friendship came, first got in the media, Newton filed a lawsuit against NBC News, trying to get them to shut up about it. In the suit, the singer claimed he feared for his own safety because the reports made it seem like he was cooperating with law enforcement officers in their pursuit of mafia bosses. <laughs> It made it look like a rat. Mm-hmm. Newton himself said he wanted no part of either side. He merely wanted to entertain tourists. Initially, he was awarded $19 million in damage by a Nevada jersey. Wow. Jury. But an appeals court later struck down the ruling like appeals courts do. Almost every one of those giant payouts you see do never actually make it into anybody's hands. Regardless, Nevada gaming officials stuck by their story after being concerned with Newton's allegations connected to Pinosi. So, 
whoever knows exactly. Uh, he may have mob connections, but he got $19 million to because NBC said he had mob connections. So right. Meh. Yeah. And we'll end with one last one, one Jerry Orbach. Jerry Orbach? No. Yes. Well, he's in New York and doing that show on the streets, well, right? He actually may have had way more connections than people. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, people know him for his stint as a detective on Law and Order, or maybe about the fact that he told that people that you're not doing that with my daughter and Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. But his entertainment career went back decades, all the way back to the 1950s, and rumors about his mob ties started up not long after he first rose to fame. In 1971, Orbach was cast as Salvatore Kid Sally Palumbo in a comedy called The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight. The film was about a bunch of hapless mobsters, and Orbach's character was based on a real-life mafioso, Joe Gallo. Not surprisingly, Gallo, who was a ranking member of the Profasi family... Joey Gallo was the guy that got uh, held up the Godfather thing. Yeah, he was uh, very displeased. An entire movie was made about how he was supposedly incompetent. So he set up a meeting with Orbach to talk about the film. But... Orbach was charming enough that Gallo didn't harm him. Instead, the monster and actor actually hit it off and became fast friends. Then, less than a year later, Gallo was murdered. The monster had been eating at Umberto's Clam House in New York City, Little Italy, on April 1972, when he was gunned down in what appeared to be a hit by another crime family. Orbach and his wife had been hanging out with Gallo early in the evening on that fateful day. The group even watched a Don Rickles comedy set together before it happened. Wow. But... There's actually some rumors that even contend that Orbeck allegedly joined Gallo at that final dinner that would have made Orbeck a witness to the killing and thus a very critical party for cops to interrogate. But if he did see it go down, the longtime actor never spoke a word of it to anyone. He refused to cooperate with police, and for the rest of his life, he never so much as publicly spoke about Gallo again. When Orbeck died in 2004, he took whatever mafia secrets wow. he had to the grave with him, even though there's a lot of people think that he was there in that building and saw this all go down. And he just didn't want to talk. It was a good idea. Yeah, I got out the back door. Yep. See y'all later. I mean, wow. It's a good thing I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we return. You remember we told uh, told you about a, a lady that um, she uh, stole basically $100 million from the United States Army over a decade Bought homes and cars and and, and and more homes and more homes and more homes. Well, you you'll you'll be surprised at her punishment from the army. At least, uh, stick around. The Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Girls and boys in poverty around the world are dreaming of a better life, filled with dance, art, music, and knowledge. They dream of a brighter future with enough nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn and grow, to get an education, escape poverty, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, such dreams are coming true. Together, we give children a chance to set their sights high and succeed in school and in life by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and so much more so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Together, we can help end poverty for good. 
I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Go to pva.org to learn more. Suck it up. It's not a big deal. Snap out. Just get over it. We've all heard it. But if you're experiencing extreme stress, it's not just in your head. It can affect your entire body because toxic stress can hurt us physically without us even knowing it. If you've lost a job, worry about your next meal, or have trouble making it through the day, if you're feeling the effects of stress, we can help. Text STRESS to 211-211 to find a solution. tell you one thing we see farmers protesting like they're doing in france right now and it's amazing that's a uh, i mean that's they've got manure spreaders out there manure guns just i mean it's got to smell awful just pummeling buildings public buildings piling up feet lighting uh tire fires i saw one took a a musty bale of hay into a spread it all over the ground at a mcdonald's Blocking highways and the tractors. They're pissed. Uh, all these regulations to farming in the name of uh, climate uh, has just got them uh, pissed off. Same thing happened. Uh, where was that? In Germany or yeah, the Netherlands somewhere? The Netherlands. Yeah. Now they, uh, they've uh, bro- blocked Paris's main airport, the road that leads to it. Uh, and they're encircling Paris. They now have Paris completely, uh, they say, uh, uh, encircled. And they're vowing a, quote, siege over their grievances. Do you know what that means? Don't plan a trip to Paris anytime soon. Oh, There's going to be manure city in there. They're going to poop up the Eiffel Tower. I mean, it's an impressive way to protest. A stinky way to protest. So the lady that worked, she didn't work directly for uh, the Army. She she worked as a civilian financial program manager at Joint Base San Antonio, Fort Sam Houston. And back in 2016, she had a little plan to create a bogus business called Child Health and Youth Lifelong Development. So she could siphon funds that she received from the army to herself. It was a great scheme. It worked for a decade and it netted her $100 million. She's under criminal investigation. And, uh, I mean, she bought, I don't know how many, 30 house homes she owned. And she had uh, classic cars, uh, 80 vehicles in total. She had homes in Colorado, Maryland, New Mexico, Texas, Washington. She just screwed the government over. Janet Yamanaka Mello was her name. Well, <clears throat> she's been the green given the green light to retire with full benefits. Is that because they're still looking to get money from her? Uh, oh, I don't know. No, they say the military admitted there's nothing they could do <clears throat> about her benefits. They are protected under a federal law that it was held up in a government bureaucracy 
The command has no authority to impact Ms. Mello's retirement. Uh, in accordance with 5 U.S. Code Section 8312, individual may be denied annuity or retired retirement pay based uh, on the basis of the service of the individual. If the individual is convicted of treason, rebellion, insurrection, or other similar offenses, there is no similar statutory authority for denying retired pay based on a conviction of other offenses. Full benefits in retirement. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, she didn't have to pay all back all this $100 million that she stole? Um, she, I, I don't know what her uh, pension would be, but she made hundred thirty grand a year. I mean, legitimately. <laughs> wow. It's covered by the Federal Employment Retirement Service, which includes basic health uh, benefit plan, uh, Social Security, and a savings plan. Man, that's a government work right there. Um, <laughs> this is uh, this is a almost too stupid to be, but it's real. In Texas, in one of the busiest oil filled areas there, uh, the b- fracking is the big deal in uh, Martin County, and b- b- they have, <laughs> believe it or not, the drilling companies. U.S. oil drilling companies have gone electric. <laughs> uh, they, they've they faced a lot of pressure to cut their greenhouse gas emissions. So they have ditched diesel power generators um, and plugged into the grid in no time at all. Sourcing electricity uh, that's been generated. Oh, this generated they're ta- literally into a grid in. They get it from Texas. New Mexico, uh, and the grid can't keep up. They can't go full speed on the drilling process because the electrical grid cannot handle it. If only they had a resource that they were (laughs) currently Um, mining for. Yeah. The International Energy Agency said in May that using electricity to power equipment instead of diesel or natural gas could have the 700 million metric tons of carbon emissions from global oil and gas production by 2030. <laughs> yeah. Their uh, electricity sales are up 5%. Some states with big oil gas fields have seen some of the largest jumps in power usage in the country. New Mexico the amount of electricity sales in megawatt hours has jumped 16% in a decade, largely driven by the Permian oil uh, basin there uh, in that corner of the state and all the regulatory stuff. They just had to. Can you imagine what their electric bill is? That's going to be massive. Are they taking that from uh, uh, wind farms no. and uh, electric? Uh, yeah, uh, mainly uh, natural gas in that part of the country. North Dakota. They produce 1.3 million barrels of oil a day, along with a ton of Bitcoin mining. Well, that's very intense consumption of electricity. They, uh, they've jumped, uh, electricity sales have jumped 58% overall and 120% for industrial customers in the last decade. Man. Uh, some have figured it out. 
where they find a way to tap into the field gas that's there and convert their generators to run off of LPG. Yeah, you would think that would be the smart way to do it. But they're increasingly connecting heavy machinery to like drilling rigs to just high-powered electric lines. That sounds like the dumbest thing ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. That's too bad. That's, it's those are regulations and pressure. We're going to go fire up the electric drill so we can get some oil and gas uh, so we can make some diesel fuel out of. Yeah, we <laughs> will repower everything and then. Uh, uh, I don't understand the uh, the stop oil people. They, they, this time they've gone for the Mona Lisa at the Louvre and thrown soup all over it. Yeah, these aren't even the stop oil people this time. Oh, this is Repulsed? What's the name of it? It's just an environmental activist group. They wanted to say that uh, we need to be, everybody should have food. Give everybody food. That's these people are food protesters? Yeah, these are food protesters. You just threw food, you wasted it, throw it on the Mona Lisa. Yeah, but it's probably old soup. Food repost. Uh, two women, they passed under the security barrier, got real close to the painting, then they hurled soup at the glass protected uh, masterpiece. They shouted their slogans advocating for healthy and sustainable food system. The But you're, you put all the regulations on these farmers there in France. They're trying to provide you a healthy, sustainable food system. Yeah. And also, the Mona Lisa's covered with bulletproof glass. Yeah. You just made a poor uh, custodian have to clean up soup off the wall. Yeah. Hey, Pierre, grab the squeegee. We got some, I believe it's cream of mushroom this time. They confirmed the incident. The painting has not been damaged. Uh, the activist protest did not receive support. Some criticize their methods, too extreme, disrespectful. Others praise the women's cause, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you, you know you never hear in these? Uh, the two actors were arrested and charged with whatever. Do they just walk out? I mean, what's the, with a aggressive souping? Um, uh, attempting destruction of a, I don't know, something important. I mean, it's covered in bulletproof glass. You're not destroying it anytime soon, so. Then at that point, what is it? Is it? It, it's it's they just like, okay, get out of here, you nudniks. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. They're like, I'll move along. Ha ha, wee wee. And then they sque- squeegeed it off, and everyone had a laugh. <laughs> I hate these people. I read this story today. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago. Climate activists had gone into, uh, had, had broken into the grounds of an airport in Germany, and, uh, literally put their hands like they in cement and epoxy and at one point i mean they held up air traffic forever they thought they were going to have to amputate their hands in place yeah because they don't understand what how hard it actually is to get your hand back out of there and also when those things start to set they have a bad habit of you know crushing your hand as they're saying the heat gets intense i don't know i don't know how they got them out but I, th- I think they had to bring out the jackhammer and start, you know, it's if I nick a finger, it's not on purpose. <laughs> Oops. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, 
Um, this is, uh, I forgot why we started talking about this today. The office put out about a, 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 an LGBT only retirement place, like the, um, like the villages for gay people. That seems boring. I mean, you're just going to spread herpes in a different community. Yeah. It's just the holes have changed. It, but it's it's wild that, I don't know, they say, well, you know, it was that long ago that gay people would be turned away from a retirement home. Really? Well, if you had whatever the money was, I mean, we could afford the home in there. Nobody really gave it a damn. Um, there's uh, one in, there's the, at the Palms, uh, Tampa Bay area. Uh, a couple of condos, 21 homes, and the you. I mean, my my point is, so when you go to a 55 plus community, you got to be 55. You got to have no kids, right? You it's know, pretty easy to show those here. I'm 55. Here's my birth certificate, my, my you, ID. My kids don't live here, but say you there was a really good deal in one of these LGBTQ. Could you just tell them, you know, you're gay? And it'd be like uh, you and your, uh, I don't know, maybe you have a roommate and you could be like the bosom buddies for for gay people. I mean, it says LGBTQ, so you just have to say, yeah, I'm bi. Well, we don't ever see anybody of the other sex. You have a wife, and? That's how we get down. What yeah. can I tell you? I don't well, bring them around all the time. We ought to just be able to have, well, listen, but to get in here, you're going to have to ask a D in front of us. That's the only <laughs> way we can, we're really going to believe it. <laughs> how good is the deals here? <laughs> I mean, they're everywhere. I had no idea. Um, you know, there's so many requirements about these places. Yeah, at this one, it says the Rainbow Vista. Residents offer a safe, non-threatening, and discrimination-free environment. As you slip slowly into dementia and don't remember who you are. Right. I, I don't know. I just thought, I don't see the need. Maybe, so I guess there is a need. Well, uh, people always kind of joke at it, but there is an issue going on uh, with people that have Alzheimer's getting up that, that have become that are uh, have transgender of people getting up into their their 70s and 80s getting Alzheimer's and remembering when they used to be male. And Ooh. it's quite a uh, uh, they've it's quite a problem when you uh, wake up as a presenting as a female and you remember like, whoa, 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 hey, where's my penis? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, funny you mentioned Alzheimer's. I, there's a new uh, report out from, this is alarming as hell. The Alzheimer's is caused by toxic amyloid beta protein building up in the brain. Experts have found evidence of at least five people catching Alzheimer's from another human. Yeah, now, that's scary. Uh, at least five people, uh, Alzheimer's could spread a groundbreaking study. Patients were among 1,848 people that were injected with a growth hormone uh, that children were given that riddled with toxic amyloid beta protein seeds or prions as children. And... Others who received the same treatment are now considered at risk. Between 58 and, uh, 1958 and 1985, abnormally short children in the U.K. and the U.S. were given hormones 
harvested from cadavers to spur their growth. The technique was banned. Doctors instead used synthetic hormones after it emerged that some batches were contaminated. Um, that led to some brain disorders. They now believe other medical and surgical procedures might carry the risk of spreading Alzheimer's as these prions, which accumulate in the brain and kill neurons, can survive hospital sterilization methods. So, uh, f- among these, five of the came down with the f- five of the, these patients uh, injected with his growth hormones, infected with this amyloid beta. All five came down with the same rare early onset form of dementia condition, Alzheimer's. Others that received the same treatment are now at risk. Now, are they saying that they got it from the person that they that they withdrew and took the donations from? Or are they saying by messing around with the uh, with this gene therapy caused Alzheimer's? Because are are they saying they got all the same uh, genetic stuff from the same donor, and now they all they all having this issue? They don't get to the well. Maybe I don't think they get to the part of it. it's the same donor they got it from. But a blood test will determine whether the person has the chances of uh, developing it. They're now looking at ways of destroying prions from surgical equipment. I guess if you if they can be spread somehow, yeah. They could, these prions spread. Um, they now believe other medical procedures might carry the risk of spreading Alzheimer's as the prions that accumulate in the brain can't survive hospital sterilization methods. Huh. So they say that these five are they like the uh, ground zero? Nah, I mean, that's what it seems to be. So... Um, they set out a, a hormone test kit. It measures blood sugar, vitamin D, omega-3, blah, blah, blah. Potentially modifiable risks of dementia. People that are given a risk score and diet advice on how to reduce it. Uh, they have a charity that's going to enroll a million people worldwide, make it the largest global prevention initiative. They say it's preventable, not preventable but not reversible. But they've identified a third variant, slightly different from the others. They're very rare. can be passed from one to another. Batches of the infected growth hormone were stored at the Department of Health archives as dried powder. Scientists were allowed to test the decades-old powder on mice. It triggered the production of Alzheimer's in uh, proteins in all of them. They say it's a very small group of people made up of patients who had had a certain neurological procedure, uh, tissue transplantation, and and, or organ donation. There's a risk group out there. Those who were given the injected growth hormone were notified many years ago that they may be at risk. Damn. It's not transmissible like a viral or bacterial infection. The rare transmissions... Uh, where people have been accidentally ejected with human tissue extracts, and the majority relates to a medical procedure that it don't, we no longer do. But here's some possible signs you may be demented. No. Being unable to learn new tasks, struggling to stay focused on a single task, finding it hard to take part in conversations, mistaking reflections or patterns for other objects, getting unusually sad, anxious, or frightened. I got three out of those, so I'm all right. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to worry about it. Um, 
That's stupid. Let me uh, get to some audio before we have to go to a break here. Mm-mm-mm. I saw pictures that of the siege of France, and no one, no one, no one does it. I mean, it's like there's no uh, enforcement of any type of. I mean, I don't see any law enforcement around where these where these long convoys of tractors are in the streets where they're literally spewing, they're hauling in manure and 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 God knows what else from dairy farms and just hosing. Have you ever seen one of these guns? Oh yeah, <laughs> like a fire truck. It is pretty impressive. It's like a fire, yeah. Or they have the little thing that spins at the bottom that spreads it out, like you know, like a a, a large array of liquefied manure. Um, good thing it's cold there, I suppose, right? Right now? Oh, yeah. Chili manure is always better than warm manure. Oh, my God. It was summertime. It's a manure, a pea, all whipped into one. Hold on. Here it is. Uh-oh. And some cuts from our, our illustrious leader. Joe Biden referred to Trump as the sitting president. He did. As he was wearing a hard hat backwards. <laughs> it was backwards, wasn't it? Yeah. So they had to, we had to bully Snopes into changing it because Snopes tried to say originally, uh, because yes, a hard hat can be worn both ways, but the adjustable uh, pin that's in the back that you turned it, right. it, it set it, that's always in the back. You yeah. do not have in the front. Right. Then You're hard an hat's idiot. not do anything for you. <laughs> that American consumers are facing real confidence in their economy we're building. Let me tell you who else is noticing that. Donald Trump. Did you see what he recently said about that wants the, the, he wants to see the economy crash this year? A sitting president. Does he say in my face, bless me, Father. I mean, does anyone in there go, you're the sitting president, sir? You heard the crowd went, ah. And it just goes. Nobody, nobody says a word about it. It's, it's. It's said, and then it's gone. And had Trump done anything near uh, that stupid, he would have been hammered. Hammered, 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 hammered. Uh, All right, when we return, our buddy Eric Matheny will join us. There's so much going on right now. Oh, Is this one changed today? Mm. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe it does. It might, but... No, 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 not yet. I don't think. Anyway, we'll roll with this one. Um, all right, uh, Mr. Matheny will join us next. Stick around. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Tonellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. You know those little uh, Cadbury cream eggs you get at the counter at the convenience store? I do. I love those. Me too. They can also be used uh, as a weapon. Florida man assaulted a Circle K cashier with one. He hurled that egg at a cashier while checking out. The clerk informed him that he was next in line. For unknown reason, he refused to interact with the cashier. Instead, approached a different employee. After paying for his purchases, he... Chucked a chocolate egg at the victim, hitting him in the forehead. <laughs> he ordered him out of the store. He got irate. He uh, jumped over the counter, beginning hitting him and pushing him 
leaving him with a large laceration on his arm. Man. Then he was uh, taken to the, to the pokey. I wonder if he went, was it a cream egg or was it one of the caramel ones? Because the caramel ones got a little more heft to him, I think. You think? Yeah, I think he probably... And it would, it, you know, if he threw a good a nice spiral on it and hit it with the point of that, it could cause a nasty uh, in, uh, uh, bruise. Yeah. He's going to get quite the hematoma right on the top of his, like, temple there. <laughs> I mean, he, he did jump the, the the counter and push the guy around, and, and uh, but the headline is he uh, arrested for assaulting cashier with a chocolate egg. It sounds better that way anyway, doesn't it? Uh, those things are, lo- I can eat one of them, but man, there's so much sugar in those things. Oh, it'll, it'll pump me up and then I have a hard crash later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't believe this. I, I don't know if, I don't know if anyone's watching on the Facebook thing. This ass looks unreal. We have had a debate about this in uh, our office and this woman is demanding better seats in the airplane. It's fake. That booty is fake. Yeah, and it's it's perhaps because she's done so much to it that she, now she's made it uncomfortable. Uh, and I would imagine that thing is tough to get into a, 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 a plane seat. And now, now, she did this on purpose. She didn't just, like, eat herself into a butt that wouldn't fit into a seat. I mean, that's it. She, I don't know... Heather, what do you think? Is it an injection? Or, or? I don't know. <laughs> that is the craziest. It it just looks way too photoshopped. I bet it's not even that big. I don't know that this looks photoshopped. It's very, very round. She is from uh, Venezuela, correct? So Colombia. Colombia. Oh, yes. Well, that you know, down there. Actually, it's, I think it's Panama she's from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, mean. mm-hmm. yeah, I know it's a Panamanian girl. Uh, people did not like her post. She says, it's not my fault I have an ass this big. Please make your seats bigger. <clears throat> she has 4.5 million followers. She's an influencer of some sort. But Bob I don't know. Not everybody agreed with the one said, uh, what you need is a bigger brain. It's your fault. You paid for the surgeries. Once uh, that was said, buy two seats instead of one. Clearly, you've got plenty of money to afford them. Someone said, take a train. Buy two seats instead of one. Clearly, you've got plenty of money. Who else's fault is it? No one forced you to get surgeries. That's disgusting um is he on there on mondays we check in with eric Matheny, a very uh, important smart man co-host of the bob and eric save america podcast among other things in his life man we've got a lot to talk about eric how how have you been i'm good how are you i am good uh three you uh the three soldiers killed by the drone hit there in jordan uh near the syria border what's uh, an appropriate response in in your uh, estimation you know i've been i've been thinking about that a lot today and and certainly over the weekend and thinking about what the proportional and appropriate response is because i think it's our it's our natural gut reaction to want some revenge but i think the bigger issue than all of it than just exacting revenge just a military strike or some kind of proportional response, I guess you could say, is why are we in the situation in the first place? And we're in the situation because of the current administration, because nobody respects us. Because every time Biden falls up a flight of stairs, or every time he turns into a Roomba on a stage, or every full bird colonel who wants to wear their fetish mask and some picture, it's just painting us as being weak and unprepared. At least when we have Trump, at least when we have a strong man, 
they respect that, and they may still equally hate us. I'm not trying to win hearts and minds, but I want them to leave us alone. I think we're kind of in a catch-22 because if we don't do anything, it's just going to continue. But if we do anything, we're only miring ourselves in the conflict because they are trying to bait us. They want us to do something. They're not afraid of us. I think they'd love nothing more for us to strike Tehran and then Iran, China, Syria, Russia, this you know, conglomerate of evil comes together, and next thing you know, we're mired in World War III, which we really sadly thought would happen if Biden took office. Right. Um, of course, you have the usual warmongers, the saber-rattlers, like Lindsey Graham going, like, let's mm. strike. I'm like, Lindsey, you don't have any kids. You don't have sons. Right. You, you know, you're not going <laughs> to die. You're not going to go do anything. You know, there's a great line from the movie Troy where they say, uh, you know, one day you know, I wish kings would fight their own battles. And I'd love to see that. I think the loudest voices in the room about war should be the ones to go strap on body armor and go fight. Go do it. But Lindsey Graham, he's never gotten so much as a blister on his finger. And here he is saying, yeah, let's go strike when he doesn't have any skin in the game. So it's the thing is, you know, mean tweets and all. There's something to be said about projecting strength on the world stage. So we never have to be in this situation where now you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Right. Um, we, well, I imagine there will be some response, a local response, somewhere in Syria we hit wherever these missiles came from. But that just begets more more missiles, you know. And, and, and when does that stop? 159 attacks, I think I read, on U.S. installations in Syria and Iraq uh, and Jordan in the, since uh, Israel started its, its war in, in Gaza. Um, and I guess it just goes as long as we're there, I would imagine. You know, I imagine it's going to be some kind of just like, not to say that anything in war is mundane, but, you know, we'll strike some some airstrip or something like that, and then something will happen. You know, they'll do something, and we're just going to go back and forth. But I, I just feel like we're just heading off that cliff uh, of a world global conflict. And I think, sadly, um, the Biden administration would want that at this time because, one, the likelihood of reelection in the middle of a global conflict is high. Um, and at the same time, just to destabilize. You know, they did that with COVID. COVID was a destabilizing event yeah. that it eroded our faith in institutions and allowed for big, big things like mail-in voting, where uh, all of these processes that we had faith in could, could now be taken away from us. I, I think with a world war, obviously there's kind of a, a COVID protocol to follow. Like, it's going to change lives. We're going to have fear. And obviously, it's going to affect the outcome of the election. So, I mean, we're we're kind of you know it's, it's January 2024, January 2020 kind of when we started getting the the rumblings of COVID coming, and then it came full bore in, in March of that year. So uh, I don't know, but it's it's painful and it's sad and it's terrifying and frustrating because there was a time not too long ago where stuff like this didn't happen. Uh, I, you know, I'm confident that Iran hates America just as much as they did in 2016, just as much as they did in 1986. They hate us. But at least when we're strong and we project that, they're like, we'll keep our hate to ourselves. Here, there's nothing to stop them from doing it. You know, the, the colonel with the dog mask, you know, right. when he <laughs> yeah. something about it is, is the transgender admiral who's lecturing about, you know, using proper pronouns on the submarine. I, are those the people that are going to fight this battle for us? And the problem is the thing that scares me the most, I put out a, a post on it the other day, is with the open border as it is, there are more military-age males from other countries in this country than there are military-age males oh, in our wow. military. I'd consider that. That's a frightening statistic. 
Sobering. That's sobering. Yeah. Yep, sure is. Um, what what do you make of the E. Jean Carroll punitive damage number and the whole thing in general? I mean, it's hard to believe that's even going on where a man can be hit with such uh, judgments that for s- simply professing his innocence. <laughs> well, he- here's the thing, and a-, a little context for your listeners. Um, O.J. Simpson killed two people. His damages were $33 million. So you mean to tell me that because he denied a rape allegation, she gets $50 million more than the family of Ron Goldman? Right. I mean, that is outrageous. <laughs> they, even George Floyd only got $27 million. So I don't know how they calculate that the rep, that the damage to her reputation was at eighty three million, let alone that the underlying charge was even proven, and so she makes this allegation, you know, unfounded after decades. Uh, mind you, you know, Juanita Broderick has accused Bill Clinton, Tara Reid has accused yeah. uh, Joe Biden. I guess by that standard, um, you know, they'd be entitled to eighty three million dollars as well. But the fact is that. You know, Donald Trump was accused of it. And again, talking about damned if you do, damned if you don't. If a, if a man is accused of sexual impropriety and you say nothing, that's basically an admission of guilt. In right. The so now if you, deny, if you deny it, you can get sued for defamation. If I say that person, you know, that never happened. That person's not telling the truth. Oh, you're calling me a liar. You're defaming my reputation. Pay me $83 million. Uh, first and foremost, I think you know they're going to appeal, and, and I think that award is going to be drastically reduced. But this just goes to show you, in an unfriendly jurisdiction, what what can be done to somebody like Trump. And this was just a civil case where the burden of proof is you know preponderance of the evidence. Um, obviously, proof beyond a reasonable doubt is a much higher burden. But 91 felony counts, four separate trials. Uh, you know, the, the likelihood is, I mean, Trump is, is going to be convicted of something. He's not entering friendly territory. Now, whether it happens before the election or whether it stayed pending appeal, uh, and we've talked about this. I don't think there are a lot of people who walk around saying he's going to beat all 91 charges. I think we understand that if he goes to trial before the election, he's going to be convicted of something. However, um, you know, pending appeal, I, I think that's the big thing. And then if he comes in and wins in November, he can pardon himself of the federal charges, the state charges. I do think he, he, he could potentially beat the New York charge on a pretrial motion. Because I think the, the legal foundation of that case is weak. But then again, he's not in a friendly jurisdiction. So it's kind of like the hell with the law. We're just going to do what we want to do because we don't like you. So, uh, you know, this is, this is what can happen. This is how the, the justice system can certainly be turned on somebody whom uh, the powers that be want to silence, whether criminally, civilly, whether they want to put him in jail or hit him with this right. these enormous awards. This, pretty, uh, this is how it works. Pretty scary. Pretty damn scary. Um, <clears throat> what is in the uh, Biden's border bill beyond, beside the fact that they want to normalize, uh, I don't know what, 5,000 a day uh, without a problem before they even start talking about controls? And why is it so uh, secret right now? I think it's secret right now because there's a lot that's going to be in there that's unrelated to the border and certainly stuff that we're not going to want to see. For 5,000 a day, is outrageous. 5,000 a day is 5,000 too many. And I'm calling on Republicans to, to be who we need you to be right now. We need you to be the wall against which progress in the Biden administration stops. And the fact remains is that our country has reached a breaking point. We, can no, we cannot service 
any more people. We have problems of our own. We have citizens who, who need to be taken care of first and foremost, and we just don't have the ability to, to do this. Our, our resources are stretched thin. Crime is out of control. And frankly, this is a major national security concern. In fact, if we, have, we have a small army that surpasses the size of our own that's in this country, and if uh, you know, they're connected to some terror cell overseas and they get the green light, hey, it just took 19 hijackers to do 9-11, and we have infinitely more than that here now. So I, I think that the the bill, the one that's kind of floating around with 5,000, and, and I'm terrified that Republicans are going to cave on that, there really needs to be very aggressive, almost unprecedented action taken on immigration. I, I, I've been saying it for a long time. I would put an, a moratorium, entire moratorium, legal, illegal, asylum, whatever, just shut it down for a period of however many years until we can you know, execute deportations of those who are here illegally or a visa overstays and then kind of reconfigure the system into something orderly where we can process asylum claims, where we can process, uh, you know, proper naturalization documents instead of, you know, people come to the border, oh, I'm scared of my government. Okay, here's your court date, 2040, right. see you then. And here's a, fi- a $5,000 ATM card and a free phone. Enjoy your stay. Right. I, I mean, we have to get past that and... The problem is there's no altruism at stake. It's not like the Democrats are like, oh, these poor people, let's welcome them in and and take care of them. No, we're building a voter base. They're building a voter base of people that they're going to apply with public assistance, preloaded debit cards, cell phones, housing payments, food stamps, and say, oh, by the way, we're the ones that gave it to you. Vote for us every two and four years. So that's that's what there's there. there. And then on the Republican side, you have a lot of donors who need the cheap labor. They run farms. They run factories. You know, your, right. your college kids aren't going to do it. Yeah, they think they're going to be Instagram influencers making twenty thousand dollars a month to you know, review puppy shops. Yeah, they don't. They're not going to go pick lettuce. They're not going to go you know work in a factory. So it's it's a two sided problem because as much as the Democrats are using it to their advantage, the Republicans there's an adv- there's an advantage there too. And it uh, you know benefits their donor class. Mike Mike Johnson said this this bill is practically DOA. Do you believe him? Can we rely on him? I, I'm I'm not going to put my faith in any elected member of Congress. Um, I think that they it's like they say that they say that with the spending bill with the uh, oh we're gonna, we're going to shut down the government because we got to stop the spending and then at the last minute they cave. They always cave. They always cave. Maybe they'll agree to. 4,000 a day or 3,800 a day, but it's still too many. Do the math, add it up over the days, the weeks, the months. It is way too many people entering our country uh, who we don't know where they're from or what their intentions are here. Uh, There really has never in our lifetime been any real immigration reform. They talk about it every election year. They've been doing that since the 80s, but no one has ever other than Trump, and right. he wasn't even able to fully accomplish it because the Republicans stood in his way. Like, I want to build a wall. Like, oh, we're not giving you the money for that. Right. So uh, he's the only time, he's the only president that did anything to limit uh, uh, illegal crossing at the border. Well, he's the only one that he's the only one that took it seriously. And I remember, you know, even Obama before he got elected. There's old tapes of him from like 2006 talking about border security and border walls and e-verifying, going after employers that to hire these guys, and 
you know, we talk about it a lot. It, it's floated around, and really the border remains open. It remains open. The, you know, Congress says they can't do anything. The Biden administration blames the Congress as, hey, they need to pass a bill. They need to authorize funds. Um, we, we desperately need Donald Trump back, and I, I encourage him, if he comes back, take the boldest, most aggressive executive action. You know yeah. what? The Democrats are going to sue you. They're going to get an injunction. They've, they've been doing that for years. We got to stand up because this is really the last stand of our country. I agree. Because all, all there's name one civilization, one successful civilization in the history of the world that's ever survived open borders. They don't. And unless you want to see this country completely something else in the next 50, 60, 100 years, uh, it starts now. We, we've already allowed way too much to happen. This is. This is not climate change. This is the existential crisis of, of our of our lifetime. Let me ask you this: If Trump wins, uh, and as he's promised, deportations begin, for a is it possible? I mean, we're talking eight, nine million people by that point, uh, or maybe more. Uh, is it possible to even do? And don't you think it'll be an absolute PR nightmare, worse than putting kids in cages and uh, and separating families? It'll just be like uh, he'll they'll accuse him of uh, I don't know immigrant genocide for the love of God. They're going to do that anyway. They've already. How is that any different from the way they've treated him? For nearly the last 10 years, we're, we're going to have to grin and bear it. All right, call me what you will. Call me Hitler, worse than you know, worse than this, worse than that, AOC crying. No one's talked about kids in cages for years. And the Biden administration has put actually considerably more kids in cages than the Trump administration ever did. The Trump administration had like 2,500 kids in these detention centers. At one point, the Biden administration had like 25,000. So... Wow. We don't want to hear that anymore. They're going to call them that anyway. They're, so we just have to say, okay, great. You know, what's the worst you're going to do? You're going to call me a racist? You would have done that anyway. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, the, the second part of the question, <clears throat> is it possible? Where? I mean, I don't even know where you'd start. You know? Is it possible to, to do mass deportations? Right, of, um, of millions and millions of people. We've talked about that, you know, in years past because that was one of the things that Trump said he was going to do when he got in, and the logistics of it. I mean, it sounds good on paper, but the logistics of like the manpower and how many people we'd have to remove, and you know, they're also afforded due process. I mean, mind you, the thing about America that it, it, it upsets me so much when people talk about how racist and horrible we are. We are the most generous the most giving, yep. the kindest nation on earth when it comes to immigration. Go try to, Im you know what, you don't like it here, go immigrate to a foreign country, and you're going to run into thousands of roadblocks because other countries have strong borders and we don't. So people who come here, even the criminals who come here, even the worst of the worst, have more rights here than they would ever enjoy in their home country. So you can't just kick doors in and say, get out. They, they do have due process, and, they, and then do we have enough detention centers, enough immigration courts? So you really can't just round people up and say, get out. It doesn't work that way. What we certainly could do is prioritize the deportations. Okay, if you've been convicted of a crime. Um, the Biden administration grants a lot of waivers. They let a lot of people slip through the cracks. We could crack down on that and say, no, you know what? We're going after domestic violence, misdemeanors, DUIs, which sometimes slip through the cracks. No, those are now deportable offenses. We're actually going to enforce that. It's not just the, the felons anymore. So we can step that up. 
Um, we can make sure people that are convicted of crimes are being deported and, and then step it down. Okay, who's here illegally? Illegal entry with no you know, new law violations committed here. So you prioritize it. That way you don't overwhelm the system. And you're getting out the worst of the worst. Because, again, look, there are people here, there's a significant number of people here who just want a better life and are doing the jobs that we, frankly, Americans won't do. You, you can't just say, you know, everybody out. We do need to have some kind of program where we have guest workers and we give visas and give some type of acknowledgement. I would not say citizenship, but some kind of temporary status. You know, well, temporary visa. A status for like, look, you, you, you're going to come here, you're going to you know, pick lettuce or you know, do that. You could be a seasonal worker at the end of the work season. you got to go home and then you come back next year. Yeah, we need to have that, but we don't. We just have an open border. So we just need to have a proper system in place, and it's been my belief that while that reorganization is going on, we, we close it off. you got to stem the flow. Right. you got to stop the bleeding, and then you can operate on, on the underlying illness. Uh, I, I heard uh, Tom Horman, uh, Trump's former DHS guy, said that 90, 90, 90 to 95% of these people will not qualify for asylum. Uh, you know, And they we're, we're obviously not regarding asylum uh, rules, you know, normally uh, you are either here with a, with a, with a uh, North Korean volleyball team and you, you're granted asylum so they wouldn't kill you when you got home or you're, you're in some other place getting ready to suffer something horrible and you wrote, an, a fill out, you know, you applied for asylum here and maybe you got it and then if you did, you, you'd be able to come here. But we've completely, I mean, it's like it doesn't exist any longer, uh, any type of asylum policy. And I'm, I'm fearful that under a, a Democrat administration, when it comes time for these asylum hearings, that that 95 percent that won't qualify is going to be drastically reduced. You know, um, the, it, it really is that the test, the test is just so vague and so open ended. I mean, I guess technically, like if you are, you're afraid of your government, I, should I get asylum? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just, like, do we do Americans get asylum? Uh, elsewhere so i i think you know the bottom line is this like there are a lot of terrible places to live on earth and we are very blessed to live where we live but there's got to be some limits like we we have to say no we have to remind ourselves that we're a sovereign nation and we enjoy the right to determine who comes into our country and i think once a majority of those elected in government abide by that belief the problem will correct itself. The problem is they don't see it that way. Right. They see it as whatever is going to serve our donors. Obviously, Democrats are serving a much bigger purpose in terms of long-term power than the, the Republicans, because the Republicans are just looking to satisfy their donors so they can win re-election. Yeah. I've always said this. Republicans are always looking at the next election. Democrats are looking at transforming the country for the next hundred years. It's like one's playing checkers, one's playing chess. Yeah. Uh, Eric Matheny, find out where you get your social media at Eric M. Matheny. Also, uh, uh, download the Bob and Eric Save America podcast wherever you get podcasts. Eric, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. See you. Oh, <clears throat> all right. We'll return. We'll get to your uh, remarks. <clears throat> your last chance to drop a, a Taylor Swift Super Bowl party menu item <laughs> uh, and a rather odd marriage proposal at gunpoint it's the Shannon Burke show on the Florida Man Radio Network
play this piece of audio. It's Alex Stein. He had uh, Tucker on. This is uh, two months ago about how outside forces use Taylor Swift's influence. It's pretty uh, decent prediction. Oh, so here yeah. is what I need you to tell me. Are Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey getting married, or is this just a publicity stunt? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just being, I got to be honest with you. I did not go to Princeton, so I don't have as much information about Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Swift as I. Jimmy, as get I on set right coveted. now. Well, let him answer. Let him answer. If, if I had that coveted Ivy League degree, but I will say this. I mean, I wouldn't know Taylor Swift if she got in the shower with me. I've never heard her music. I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. But I remember Kanye, who was then Kanye West, once attacked her in a very emotional way at an awards ceremony. And I remember thinking at the time, I saw the clip at the time, and I thought it was a racial thing. Oh, he doesn't like white people. She's white, whatever. But if you listen to the clip, he's actually making kind of a different point. And he's saying that this isn't real. This isn't art. This isn't art. Is it, it, maybe I'm reading into it. I don't think that I am. Wow. He's saying this person is being used by larger forces to control our society. And, you know, I, I think a lot of things about yay. Um, it's not even worth saying. My opinion is not interesting enough to repeat. But one thing about him, he does have flashes of insight about things. He's not a surface level character at all. And I think there's some truth in that. I think there's some truth. I mean, at that point, if you're an artist, artist, if you're a performer who's that culturally significant, who's the single most popular person in America among women under 30, which I think she is, you have a great deal of power. And so, of course, you're going to be managed by people who want to use your influence for their ends. Obviously. I mean, it's just not, you know what I mean? It's not complicated. Jimmy, and come so, down do here like, right oh, now, okay, Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy, sorry, sorry. Jimmy, come here yeah. right now. What are the odds? I mean, you know, we a lot of things start as a conspiracy. They sound really out there and weird. But then as time goes along, you find out little nuggets here, little nuggets there. What are the odds that, I mean, if this is true, Politically, for her to be used politically, um, who decides? I mean, somewhere there's a body because we need a good, solid, all-American uh, man. It's uh, 100% man. It doesn't have any weirdness and uh, uh, legal issues or whatever else. And, uh, you know, and, and we need to hook him up. He's got to be a, a visible figure and hook him up with, with Taylor to create this giant machine of influence where, you know, you got Kelsey – uh, uh, talking you into two shots, you know, get a couple of shots, Pfizer commercials, hey, drink Bud Light again, it's, you know, we got to save the brand, blah, blah, blah. She's a, a Pfizer girl, and that they're just kind of put together by whatever force it is. I mean, I think this has been going on since the beginning of Hollywood, though, this type of thing. When you look at uh, uh, DiMaggio and, and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. That's one that should never have been like two people that should never run in the same circles. All but of a sudden, what forces put them together. You know what I mean? Whatever the power brokers are. Well, I think it's quite possible. Um, and I, you know, whether or not the uh, Super Bowl, I'll be surprised if the Chiefs don't win. Whether or not it's scripted or not. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'll never admit it again. I'm going to root for the 49ers in this game. 
Come on, you got to root for Brock Purdy being Mr. Irrelevant. That's true. That's true. It's a great story. To win the Super Bowl. It's a great story. While he throws the most wounded duck of a football pass. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, the guy is uh, right up there in the world of sometimes it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. Do you think he's lucky or good? Uh, he's uh, he's a serviceable starting NFL quarterback. Do I think he's like a future Hall of Famer? Probably not. I mean, that game, I, w- I went to bed early and missed the most of it. I went back and watched the highlights. When you bounce a football off another player's face mask for a 51-yard <laughs> catch, luck's on your side. Yeah. <clears throat> That's true. Um, in a bizarre filmed uh, proposal. Uh, this is the whole. It's blowing up on Instagram. So, in this clip filmed Saturday in Cali, Colombia, a red car is seeing pulled up to an pulling up to an intersection when suddenly a pedestrian and a motorcycle block its path. Then two so-called assailants approach the vehicle and command the occupant, a man and a woman, to get out. Right after that, two more arrive, and another on a motorcycle join the apparent carjacking. The petrified couple uh, subsequently ripped from the car as one of the men brandishes what looks like a small concealed handgun. And things turn more terrifying when the two members of the gang force the male motorist to his knees in the middle of the street, execution style. Then, in a bizarre twist, instead of him having his head blown off, all the men stop shouting, and the fellow on his knees whips out a wedding ring, uh, revealing the robbery was actually a, a big, elaborate setup for a proposal. That's true love right there. Man. That's a... Hey, <laughs> if you were a, 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 a citizen and you saw this going down, you might want to pull out a weapon and start shooting the bad guys. Yeah. Right, that happens a lot, <clears throat> especially in places like Colombia. People were uh, pretty—they're impressed by it. And the best proposal ever. Um, one critic said it was a incitement to violence. How sad it is to have violence and insecurity so normalized. Yeah, you got to go to what? You got to kidnap somebody next. Um, <clears throat> Uh, she said yes, correct? Yes, she did. Well, she just uh, relieved that she wasn't about to be killed. I think so. I think it might have been a little terror that she was like, uh, if he's going to go through all this, if uh, what happens if I say no? Does he execute me in the street now? Right. Yeah. Uh, I love these stories when a priceless piece of art lost uh, ages ago is recovered and where it's recovered uh, a historic painting stolen by some Jersey mobsters over 50 years ago uh, has been returned to its rightful owner after an investigation. The Schoolmistress is the name of it, painted by John Opie in 1784, was taken from Francis Wood in uh, 90, uh, 96-year-old Francis Wood in Newark in 1969. Some guys had gone there to rob them of a coin collection, some mobsters. <clears throat> and they couldn't find it or they couldn't get to it or whatever. Uh, so they left, and they came back the next night and just swiped the painting. I wonder if they knew what the painting was worth anything, or they were like, oh, when we couldn't find those coins, just grab something off the wall. I'm sure it's expensive. Yeah, I don't know that anyone in the in 1969, uh, Jersey mobster is going to recognize the work of uh, notable artist John Opie from the 1780s. Is that an Opie? 
Hey, Bruno, is that an opie over there? <laughs> um, uh, his uh, Woods saw the man that owned it. Told the AP it has one or two minor blemishes, but for a painting that's 240 years old and has been on a roundabout journey, it's in good shape. Whoever had their hands on it, I'm thankful they took good care of it. It's uh, 40 by 50. It's an elderly woman modeled by the the artist's mother teaching her children uh, in a classroom. Obi, one of the most important artists from this period, went on to paint historical scenes that were commissioned uh, to paint portraits of the royal family in 2007, one of his paintings sold at auction for uh, 580 grand. It's been in the hands of organized crime for five decades until 2021. An accounting firm founded among the property, a client who died the, uh, among the property from, and a client that died the previous year. The client has not been named. He bought a house from a convicted mobster. Joseph Covello Sr. in Florida in 89, uh, unknown to the buyer, the painting was in the house where it remained before the man, uh, before it was taken to Utah. <clears throat> he bought it. Earl Leroy Wood, Francis's father, bought the painting in the 1930s for $7,500. $7,500 in the 30s was a fortune. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, grab that painting. We can't find the damn coins. <laughs> <laughs> so the old lady teaching kids in the classroom probably waste some money. Uh, who knows? I love to find out like what they did with it. Who they, did they sell it to somebody? Did they use it to settle a debt? Is it you know? It sounds like it ended up in a mobster's home in Florida, like on his retirement home. Was, right? Ah, you know what? Grab the painting; it'll look good on my wall down there. Yeah, Florida. yeah, yeah. It's down in Florida. Oh, let's get to some remarks, shall we? Yes. For the Florida radio, Florida Band Radio app, and powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Who worked diligently to shave five pounds of ribeye for me for the most amazing thing I've ever made on that Blackstone. Oh, oh my God. Anyway, hit the button at the bottom of the app and play away. Going to have some of those uh, Taylor Swift chicken wings. It's not a whole lot of meat on them, but it sure is easy to find the bones. Oh. Breaking news. Airlines are offering a $100 upgrade where you are guaranteed an old white male pilot named Steve. Story out of love. <laughs> he also drinks, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shannon's son, another guy. <laughs> it's one hung every low here. I've got a family traditional dish seafood for Taylor Swift Super Bowl every meal. It's nice and spicy, too. It's a red eye, hot eye, snapper. That's funny. The bad news is I caught Alzheimer's from somebody. The good news is I can't remember whom. Equal Teddy Gear here for the Super Bowl. I'm going to make era the Lake Chappaquiddick era Taylor Swift submarine sandwich. Oh boy! Uh... Shannon said she had an ass too big to get into. Just saying. I mean, into the seat, sir. I don't know who finds that attractive, but apparently people do. I mean, it's abnormal as hell. No, no one in nature uh, naturally has an ass that big. Yeah, she looks like she's half horse. 
Yes. That's exactly what it looks like. Like a horse ass. <laughs> Good afternoon. Happy Monday. Austin from Tampa. So I don't know if you already went over this yet today or not, um, but I was reading something online about Taylor Swift having a show in Japan about two days prior to the Super Bowl. So hopefully something happens to her jet prior to boarding or something gets canceled or something happens to, to where she can't make it back on time for the Super Bowl. Let's just pray that happens. No injuries, though. They, I bet they, this, this league would delay the Super Bowl uh, uh, a few hours if she was um, having trouble getting here from the airport. I don't, who who has the Super Bowl this year? Is it Fox? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. You know Fox starts their their Super Bowl coverage at like 9 a.m. Yeah. And there'll be a, as soon as they come in, they'll Play, be... A plane tracker? They'll be like a plane tracker. <laughs> They're like, oh, look, I think uh, Taylor's crossing over the Indian Ocean right now. Oh, uh, my God. We'll get you, it'd be just like Santa tracker type of thing. They're gonna. Hey, we're gonna go over to our Taylor tracker and see where her plane's at currently. Jesus. You know, guys, I'm listening to all this stuff. What should we do? Should we bomb Iran? Of course, we should bomb Iran because we have to be strong, and that's the only way they learn. <laughs> we hit the nuclear sites. We hit all these sites that we need to. We try to keep the the higher ups out of uh, a danger, but we do what we got to do to show strength, and that's the only way this thing's gonna work. If not, they're gonna kill more and more Americans. Beedle, beedle, Ray Ray out. That was uh, Secretary of Defense Ray Ray. <laughs> out. Out. Just a rhetorical question, but when are we as conservatives going to wake up and realize that the only people that hate us more than the Democrats are, in fact, the Republicans? Hmm. Hmm. Todd Daytona. A joke for Heather. What is something that a porn star and a lawn care worker can both say? No, thanks. I get enough vitamin D at work. <laughs> beto, beto. <laughs> you know, Barack did say on national television that we just have to stop the uncontrolled crossings of, of immigrants across our borders. And almost in the same breath told the Arabic nation that, you know, you guys just need to knock it off. Come on. <clears throat> I think every, you know, it is very, because both, I think both parties of Americans believe in a secure border at heart. Uh, and it's always a very popular thing to tout for a campaign. This year, my family and I will be eating Look what you made me do, chili, during the Super Bowl. Beedoo, beedoo. Huh? Look what you made me do, jelly? Yeah, it's one another one of her songs. Oh. <laughs> Glad I didn't know that. I hate when these people say, oh, we need the illegals to pick the crops. The crops got picked last year, and the year before that, and the year before that, and the decade, and the decade before that. Why do we need 5,000 more people a day to pick crops. And have these people ever seen how these big farming operations work? Most of it ain't a lot of people out there picking crops. Right. <clears throat> Most of it is uh, machinery. Giant, uh, you know. Yeah, we're going to get our AI robots out there picking them too. Oh. Uh. How about Kelsey's crab cakes? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Hey, G-Man again. 
So instead of a steak on a stick, how about swift on that? Scared you, didn't I? Beat him, beat him. Kanye's opinion of Taylor Swift is intriguing. Because I had similar thoughts, not as popular, obviously, about Nickelback in the 2000s. <laughs> and then really glorified things when I heard the Imagine Dragons. He uh, thought Nickelback was being used <clears throat> to change society. This poor guy gets get beat up for no reason. Fully. Yeah, I remember when uh, uh, Kumar went to Gitmo and uh, they had a sandwich on there. I think that'd be a good sandwich for for uh, little Taylor Swift to have there. That, that sandwich. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Kumar got one. They had one in the Gitmo. That's it. <laughs> beady, beady. Hey, speaking of Brock Purdy, did you know he has more playoff wins than Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson combined? Pretty impressive for Mr. Irrelevant. Hey, Shannon, T-Bone one more time, and uh, I got to admit, I'm, uh, I hate to admit this, I'm pulling for Kansas in the Super Bowl, and the only reason is because of Coach Andy Reid's mustache. Uh, don't give a damn about Taylor Swift or Kelsey or any of that crap, but uh, by God, the man looks like an old-school football coach, so be-doo, freaking be-doo. He's like a walrus. Taylor Swift is a government agent. Everybody knows this, folks. It's all on record right here. Uh, do you ever see that movie, A Black Sunday, with the Goodyear blimp that goes over the Super Bowl and blows the whole place up? That's going to happen on Super Bowl Sunday, and Taylor Swift's going to be the person behind it, folks. Hmm. Black Sunday reference. Mm-hmm. Hey, Shannon. I proposed to my girlfriend by tying her down to the yard and threatening to cut the grass if she didn't say yes. She said yes. Just a bowl of damn pretzel sticks, man. Huh. I do like pretzel sticks. I can eat them forever. Hey, Shando, Eric, and Heather. This is Denver in Colorado. How about some? You need to calm down wings. That is that a song? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a Taylor fan. But I am a Chiefs fan. Go Chiefs! Beat a beat -a. What did Mahomes' dad say? Put me somewhere else? Yeah, he wanted to be put in a different uh, box. Because <laughs> I think Mahomes' dad like wants to drink some beers and, right. and, and do it. And, and not without the TV camera on him all, yeah, the whole time. Every time the camera panned over, he was like, trying to slide behind out of the way. <laughs> hey, man, it's Sparky Austin from Tampa. I love you, buddy. But what's wrong with Taylor Swift being at the Super Bowl? She's been a good luck charm. They've only lost one game when she was in attendance. Give me a break, buddy. Go Chiefs. I could care less. It doesn't. I don't care. I'm, I'm not mad that Taylor Swift is dating a football player who could be going to the Super Bowl. I'm just amazed by it. It's a. It's a very interesting thing to watch. It's a phenomenon of what it does to people, right? Yeah. It, <clears throat> it's uh It's the weird how life kind of plays out storylines sometimes, and you have to just pause for a second. And go. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hey, guy. It ain't about the vitamin D. It's all about how you trim the bush. Be-doo, be-doo. 
I have known several commercial airline pilots, and if I knew any of them were flying my plane, I would get off it. Good Lord. <laughs> the type of sandwich you were trying to think of was a uh, rooster. Rooster meat sandwich. The joke was from the movie Harold. Oh, Kumar, that rooster meat sandwich? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. The type of sandwich you were... Yeah, the reason uh, they talk about the immigrants coming across, uh, across to pick crops and who's going to pick our crops, uh, like the guy mentioned earlier um, about the machines doing it, is because the people saying it are elitist idiots that haven't been in touch with the real world for the entire time they've been in government. Right. That's the problem. They are the problem. Yeah, I don't, I don't know any... What do we pick here in Florida? Corn, sweet corn. Oranges, citrus. Orange, yeah, a lot of citrus and uh, strawberries. We pick a lot of stuff, but it's it exactly what he's saying, though, because a lot of those people that, are, that have made those statements are elitists who think that brown people are the people that work on their lawn and uh, yeah. clean up the toilets at the, ho at the, yeah, at at the, the hotel. hotel. <laughs> that dude... Freaking Alex Jones in prison was spot on. Wow. B2B. Yeah, he's good. Or was it the real Alex Jones? Mm -hmm. Never know. Mm -hmm. You'll never know. Oh, boy. In lieu of Putin's mom or so fat jokes, Taylor Swift is so skinny, she stick her tongue out, she'd look like a zipper. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are... The remarks for today's... Wait, one more. What about the sexy baby back ribs? All right. Yeah. Baby back ribs. Thank you. Uh, download the app. It's powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Um, get it. Uh, well, we're done. We're out of time, are we? Almost. Uh, when we return... We'll uh, wrap it all up for you. I'm going to tell you about a, uh, an Italian vigilante. The Italian cops are on to him. He's like a, a hero of the people. And he's got a calling card and a nickname. Flexi Man. It's the Flexi Man. Yeah, it's the Flexi Man. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Roxanne Watson is on a mission to have more people sign up as organ, eye, and tissue donors. What drives her? Roxanne received a heart transplant made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day to devote myself to signing up the most people in the United States. <laughs> That's my goal. Now she's a powerful force for good. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. We all make promises, big and small. Tested over time and distance, tried by circumstances and decisions. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to bear true faith and allegiance. To help you when you're in need. To tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. To be considerate and caring, courageous and strong. For better for worse, in sickness and in health, to love and cherish, to be your loving, faithful friend 
parent, child, parent, neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. husband, father, an athlete, even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris's kidneys were failing. The doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant, you are going to die. Chris received a second chance, made possible by an organ donor. Your well-being changes from loss of hope to better times ahead. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Elon has announced that the first human Neuralink patient is recovering from the surgery and he is seeing neuron spikes. Is that right? Yep. So it's what kind that, of working? Well, that the person's uh, neurons are... Yeah, they're seeing some, uh, you know, firing of the neurons back into those areas that they're trying to help, so... Well, good. I don't know what the person's issue is. Is she playing Pong yet on her with her mind? Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, I think the monkey went brain did that was doing the Pong. Ooh. So, Yikes. I don't know if they want to do the the Pong. Stay to the non brain dead side. <sighs> um, in Italy, their um, authorities are looking for Fleximan, a vigilante. Um, they say the the the, the country has been gripped by this vigilante, Fleximan. His mission is to tear down as many speed cameras as possible. He's claimed 15 so far. They've uh, even formed a special police task force of four different prosecutors investigating the attacks. He began leaving a trail of destruction months ago in the Northeast. More and more of the cameras are put out of action. Photos of his actions then spread on social media along with a nickname taken from the Italian word angle grinder, flexible, flexible. The tool most uh, flexible, I guess that uh, has where we get the flexi man from. Yeah, so he's the ankle grinder man. <laughs> it's not cure, sure whether it's just this. Uh, it's not clear. It's one person or two people. Um, there may have been a copycat vandal started up uh, at the scene of one of the most recent attacks. The anonymous vigilante left a handwritten message that said, "Flexi man is a common." <laughs> Beware of Fleximan. I like to think that somewhere in a dark room, there's some Italian officer that's going like grizzled. Oh. He's looking, he's got the lot, he's got the the yarn pins yeah, across. The like, he's like, I'm coming for you, Fleximan. And he's got the the, the, the <laughs> note stabbed up there with a thing. I'm going to get you, Fleximan. <laughs> uh, the uh, so much uh, love for this guy uh, and coral, a chorus of approval from people. Uh, the street artist, Padua, called Averine, has dedicated his latest work to Fleximan. His graffiti depicts Uma Thurman's character in Kill Bill holding a sword in one hand and a cut-up speed camera in the other. Wow, they have more than 11,000 speed cameras in Italy. Yeah, they go crazy with them. They're just issuing fines like crazy, huh? God. Why is that illegal here, but red light cameras are fine? Uh, well, there's always still been a fight on 100% of red light cameras are super legal as well. Yeah, bastards. That's it for us today. <clears throat> Thank you.
for listening. Thank you, EZ. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Uh, we're back tomorrow, 3 Eastern, 2 Central. Bubba the Love Sponge gets the morning started on this network. As much crap as I give him, I really like the guy a lot. But stay away from him. If he's high. He causes you some pain. Don Miller, after that, you can laugh your ass off. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Florida Man Radio Network. My name is Shannon Burke. Have a good night.